Hi, excuse me. Oh, hi. I'm Dan Rydell. They said you wanted to see me? Yes, yes, I do. Hi, I'm Mallory Moss. I just started this week, so please pardon the mess. That's fine. Uh, uh. Look, there's a revolving door here on business affairs, and I go through this with all the new people. My out-of-town expense sheets tend to be a little unusual. Yes, I noticed, but that's not the problem. What's the problem? During your broadcast on September 5th, you sang happy birthday to your partner, Casey McCall. Yeah, but I can explain that. I... Wait, it was his birthday. Why do I have to explain that? You sang happy birthday on the air? Dana cleared it. Who's Dana? Dana Whitaker's the producer of the show. Oh, yes. Well, my predecessor didn't clear it. Who's your predecessor? Marty Scheinbaum. Who's Marty Scheinbaum? My predecessor. <laughs> Look, I don't have a whole lot of time, so... I think it's sweet that you and your partner sing to each other on television. Others may think it's vaguely gay, but I disagree. Nonetheless, you can't do it anymore. Why not? It's against the law. It's against the law to be vaguely gay? It's against the law to sing happy birthday on television. That doesn't sound quite right to me. It is. You went to law school and everything, right? Yeah. You took the bar? Three times. It's against the law to sing happy birthday on television. Federal copyright law. Happy birthday is protected material. Yes. Who holds the copyright to happy birthday? The representatives of Mildred and Patty Hill. Mildred and Patty Hill. The authors. The authors. They wrote it. They wrote the song. Did you think that song just happened? Well, yeah. It didn't. Never mind. Indeed. They filled the network $2,500. $2,500 to sing Happy Birthday? Yes. Ouch. Intellectual property, droit morale, fair use, royalty structure. These things may not mean anything to you, but I assure you they mean a great deal to me, and they meant a great deal to my predecessor. Marty Scheinbaum. Marty Scheinbaum. <laughs> you know what? From now on, I'm only singing songs in the public domain. That'll teach him. I'm not kidding. Go knock him dead. Well, another year has come and gone. So grab your f***ing party hat and put that on. We're going to drink a lot of beers, smoke a lot of pot. And if you're supposed to work tomorrow, better call and tell us to off. Happy birthday to you. All your f***ing friends are here and in 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and there's the month of October in the year of our Lord 2007. Thank you for coming by making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you. It is Tuesday and uh, welcome to Day 12. It is 503-733-2970. You want to join us today as we broadcast here from downtown Portland, Oregon. 503 733 
970. Your comments, your clarifications, your corrections, your two cents, your birthday greetings for Sarah Dillon, your what have you. Uh, it is 503-733-2970. Uh, you want to email, you can do that as well. It is uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Scotty J at 970.am. Again, it's uh, 503-733-2970. With your uh, observations about the groundbreaking, the interesting, the tedious, the mundane, and whatever. Scotty J standing by ready, willing, and able to pass along any and all observations or inputs you may have uh, on today's program. All right. Why, hello, and howdy to everybody. All right. So happy birthday, Sarah Dillon. Thank you, Rick. That was very nice of you. All about... Even though you said I look like a candy stick today. Well... I think I can be forgiven for that observation, by the way. It's you are true. wearing a big red and white stripey like okay. 1875, let's all go to the town gazebo for an ice cream social kind of dress. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just not It's just not really what I'm used to seeing you wearing. You kind of look like you're ready to go work at a 1950s Santa land somewhere. That's kind of the... Uh, I which is fine. I mean, again, it's, you make it work. You make many things work that other people would just fail miserably while wearing. But I... Uh, is that, uh, I'm just saying. All right. Is that a birthday dress? Is that specially for today? Well, no, I bought it, um, I bought two dresses at Red Light the other day, and I was going to wear one for, you know, this weekend, and then one for today. And then I tried this one on, and I did feel like a giant candy stick, so I didn't end up wearing this. It's great. But I kind of like it. No, it's great. It, you ought to be hanging out at a malt shop somewhere, dancing to a little Richard record. It's yeah. pretty adorable. It's kinda, it it kind of looks like a costume. After I was looking at, um, you know, this <laughs> I work has Halloween costumes, right. this is the exact same pattern of, like, a pirate wench. <laughs> Excellent. Without, like, the leather bustier thing. Well, the day is still young. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Here's what is coming up on today's installment of the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will be joining us from New York City today. It's all bad news all the time. Uh, so, Marion Jones... Uh, so we had that thing last week about the Mets and their, quote, historic implosion, uh, unparalleled in the annals of baseball history. And so today it's Marion Jones. She's the one. She won those. Uh, it was like 2000. I think it was 2000. She won all those medals. And now it turns out that she was, I don't know, that they were filling her their veins full of plutonium or something. And so she's going to be um, she's going to be handing back her head. She might have already done it because I think it's in Australia that she has to do it. She has to hand over all of her. Uh, all of her medals. So what with the disgrace and the uh, the shaming and the tainting and the uh, and the blackening and the so forth. Uh, we'll talk to uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins today about uh, the GOP debate, which comes up today. Why do you care about the GOP debate? You probably don't even vote. That's okay. A, it makes you more like everybody in the Rick Emerson show. B, because it has Fred Thompson for the first time stepping up and standing shoulder to shoulder, side by side, lockstep with the other GOP candidates, after which they will destroy each other like chickens at a pecking party, which is really going to be fantastic. So I myself, I'm just speaking for me now. Uh, I, I'm going to go home and I'm going to make a big thing of that Orville Redenbacher sour cream and onion popcorn and I'm going to sit on the sofa and I'm going to watch everybody else try to compete with a guy who fought off Russians in Hunt for Red October. So there you go. That's coming up. Uh, and Jim Roop today will join us to talk about uh, Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne who are selling a bunch of crap from their houses. Uh, so I don't, I, I'm unclear about the nature of said uh, items or house cleaning or the auctioning uh, thereof. But apparently they're selling a bunch of crap. Anyways, just an excuse to talk to Jim Roop, to whom I sent the, uh, I don't know anything is going to come of it. 
But I did send him that Nickel Arcade song uh, last night. I dropped him. Uh, I dropped him the Nickel Arcade. I hope there's vodka in heaven song, uh, the Britney Spears death song. Uh, and he he sent me back a little a little blurb last night, letting me know that he had received it. So we'll talk to him about that. So that's what we got today. Steve Kastenbaum, Lisa Goddard, James Roop. Uh, we will count down the top five songs from the week that Sarah Dillon was conceived. I'm not saying you understand. Stop. No, now listen. I feel like I have to say this. That is, I wish you would stop talking. <laughs> I. It's so gross. I have to say. Now we don't know. For, are your Are your parents fans of pop music? Are they big radio listeners? No, they're more like easy listening. Well. It was the time of easy listening. All the songs in the top five today are, are easy listening. And one, Tim, look at this number two song. Don't say what it is. Is that easy listening? What you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. So I'm just saying, where were they living when you were conceived? Um, I have a vague recollection that I've kind of blanked out. I think it was, they were living in California. You were coming down a long white tunnel with a blinding light at the end? but I remember when we moved back and we were driving through California, my parents pointed out a hotel one time, and they're like, that might have been. Oh, 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 that's not what I was asking for. But it was, but it was in California. It wasn't in Spain. It was, yeah, I was in California. I didn't move to Spain until I was two. That's the hotel. I mean, I don't mean to go on. I'm really honestly I, not. I was like seven, and they're talking to me about <laughs> That's this. That's where we hugged each other in a very special way. Oh, I'm really honestly not trying to make you uncomfortable, but it is, it's just kind of weird. And I think we as a culture, I don't know if it's an American thing or if it is, uh, as they said on Star Trek, a human thing. That just, that we all just have this unspoken, implicit understanding that we're just not going to think about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That you're just not going to think about it. You're not going to ponder, like, what dad got mom drunk on that night, you know, or what what lie one of them told the other. You or whether really she, dark thought. Or, I'm just saying, or whether she, whether she scratched the car and just had to make him forget about it for a while. I, I, I have no... It's, we've all just agreed within ourselves and with each other as a culture that we're just not going to dwell on those things. Anyway, uh, so the uh, top five songs of the week that Sarah Dillon was conceived. We'll get to those uh, later on. Uh, We'll find out if there's another reason to play the brand new Britney Watch theme. Uh, I have a a fantastic, and by fantastic, of course, I mean horrifying story. And it's from the Oregonian. uh, And it has personal relevance for all of us. So we'll... um We'll get to that right there. Uh, and, of course, because it is Sarah Dillon's 27th birthday, by the way, now, at what age, let me ask you this. With people who do not uh, know you, as we in the audience do, um, at what age have you reached that point where you don't want, where it's impolite to ask how old you are? No, because I still get carded. Really? But, I mean, if you, but, but in other words, if you just met a guy, let's if, say. If I felt like I looked old, then I would probably be a little more shame. No, I mean, I like 20. 27 seems like a really nice, well-rounded age. I'm pretty stoked for 27. I really am. You trying to sell yourself? No. Or? No, I like it. 27 has been one of my favorite numbers. I, I wasn't really a fan of 26. Okay. I've had better years. 20, 26 was a bad year. <laughs> 26 was not, not my sh- most shining year. Man, I, there's a Charlie Daniels song about being 26 and how it's the worst year of his life. I totally should have played was, that. I, I wish I Damn could it. go down. I should go down a list of all the things that happened to me this past year. Hey, Scotty, look for the Charlie Daniels song, Was It 26? It's off the Simple Man album. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of the most depressing things ever recorded. 
That album's full of depression. You know, yeah, I'm not so excited, as much excited of being, about being 27 as I am not being 26 anymore. Just getting it, just being done with it. Exactly. Shaking it off like a winter coat. I'm out. I'm an odd number again. Uh, I like it. So you don't. So if you met a guy and he said, like, well, how old are you? You're not yet at the age where you take offense. No. Okay, fair enough. Because well, guys never know that. Yeah, it's true. And we have sort of a different relationship well, here I mean, than you everyone do with has, these, you know. Yeah, if I'm feeling like I look especially like crap that day, then it might <laughs> hurt boring? a little. <laughs> All right. Well, we... Well, I saw somebody else's pictures around my same age. You, I knew it. I knew what? it. I knew you were going to do that. Well, we'll get back. We'll fix that little red I'm wagon in saying, a second. Okay. The picture wasn't taken under ideal circumstances. I'm sure it wasn't. What with the handcuffing and all. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking, of course, about um, James Brown. Uh, Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. Mary, have a whole bunch of things. Now you can fly nonstop from PDX to Amsterdam. Religious radicals failed to get enough signatures to block Oregon's domestic partnership laws. The Salem pipe bomber gets 73 years. Pipe bomber. Miller and Coors will merge their operation and take on Anheuser-Busch. And a Russian serial killer claims strangling a victim is like falling in love for the first time. Okay. Well, who can disagree? I wonder if you're going to kill somebody in Russia if you have to stand in line for a long time to get like a pickaxe or something. If you just if there's if you're if you're on the way home from the club and you have to sort of what line is this? Toilet paper, celery, or pickaxe? I don't know. I wait in line and find out. All right. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. And by the way, two, well, two things. A, uh, I have here a small gift for you, Sarah. Oh, really? This is from my wife. Uh, this is not even from me. I bought you nothing. Nothing. Well, Zero. You're going to get me Zilch. Right? I'm going to give you a gift certificate or maybe just some twenties. I. Uh, That's what my parents give me. They give me money. Oh man! With every passing day, I just regret giving you that Chuck Palahniuk book when I got back from England. I should have just held it back, and then I, w- I would have looked like a badass. But then here's an autographed copy of Survivor. It really, and it would have looked like I planned it out. It would have looked like I did, did structured the whole thing deliberately. It's oh, all very no. frustrating. I purchased you nothing. You don't, you don't need to get me anything else. It's fine. I just like to try and milk it out of you to buy it through guilt. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my wife bought this for you, and now you should know in advance it was her goal to find you the tackiest thing she possibly could. Awesome. That was her stated goal. So I, I don't want you to think that, that this is the sort of thing my wife just... My wife is not some sort of Edie McClurg type that picks up like Fabergé eggs thinking of the height of fashion or something. So I have for you now... A camouflage <gasps> beer cozy. That's awesome. That on one on one side has a uh, heart ringed in barbed wire that says Portland forever, uh, <laughs> and then on the other side has your name in really crude stitching that I think is bright pink. Oh, that's amazing! Thank you, Laura. The guy claims that that is quote the punk rock font, when in reality I think he just has a jittery stitching machine that actually can't write in any other font. Yeah, it doesn't look like he knew no. what the hell he was doing. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Is your name this spelled correctly? This is super cool, though. Yes, yes, of course. This, no, the side part is. That's okay. really neat. Well, there you go. It's from both of us. No, you said it's from Laura. It's from Laura. Okay, All right. thank um, you, Laura. <laughs> we'll get phone calls here in just a second. We have Lisa Goddard coming up at the bottom of the hour. Uh, and we ha- oh, and I almost forgot, Michael Ian Black is going to be joining us today. Now, please to explain, and I'm not trying to be... Should I mention the, 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 fall through, the guest that fell through the other day? Okay, the other day we were supposed to have Patton Oswalt on. People are going to be mad at you. You shouldn't have said it. You know, whatever. It's, you know, this program is all about, as Scotty J would say, pulling back the fourth wall. And lifting the whatever the the other thing and putting a screw inside something else. 
So we were supposed to have comedian. He is a comedian, right? Patton Oswalt? Yeah, uh, a look, comedian uh, slash actor. Here, here's the thing. All I know about Patton Oswalt is that he, and I know that I, as, as Stephen King says, you don't get points uh, for being out of touch with your own culture, but I know, like, so little about comedians. You know, and I don't I don't know anything about him either, and I, if every, every person that I've talked to about him knows exactly who he is. He's like, he's hilarious. All I, I know, know is that he was in Ratatouille. That's the extent of my knowledge. About, that and he's, he, he does the comedian. Well, he does the Now, see, is that him, or is that Kevin James, or they both on that They're show. They're both on that show. See, all he's I like know a friend or brother or about Patton Oswalt is he's in Ratatouille and he does that uh, the the comedians of comedy show. But just knowing he does the comedians of comedy show doesn't help me out. I knew he was a comedian. I just don't know anything. Else. I just I have. I'm not trying, and I'm not trying to sort of put a pall over the Michael Ian Black thing before it happens. I'm just saying, typically, as you know, and I've said this a thousand times, I just don't like most comedians. Most comedians are not funny. They're a holes. They're obnoxious. You can never get a straight interview out of them because they just they just want to like they just want to sit there and, and do shtick at you. Um, so as a result, and plus, I I grade everybody in my head against guys like Eddie Izzard, and really, when you're grading everybody against the gold standard of Eddie Izzard, it's just, they all fall short of the glory of God. So. So last week the guy's like, "Hey, do you want to have Pat Oswalt on?" And I, I, I finally just punted. I'm like, you know, no, because because he'd, he'd it'd be yet another interview where he comes on and I have no idea who he is and I just look like an ass and the audience would leave unsatisfied and I would be unhappy and Pat Oswalt would realize he was talking to a guy who really had no idea what he did. So. You know, so, so now people, if they want to be mad at me, they can be mad at me. So we, mm. we didn't do Pat Oswalt last week. We are, in fact, doing Michael Egan Black this week. Now, we are sort of in the same conundrum, though, because, A, I only know him because, well, I know him for one and a half reasons. I know him because, A, he's one of the talking heads on the I Love the 80s things on VH1. And the other half a reason is because Sarah stalked him and got a picture taken with him when I you were in New York. Stalking is you a very him down. heavy term. You Perhaps I saw him and then turned around and started walking in the opposite direction to follow him. You around town waiting to see him and then you got your picture that taken with him. That was because you made me. Uh-huh. You made me, Rick Emerson. You're like, when do you ever see a celebrity walking right down the street in front of you? Go Fair get him. But what does he... I keep thinking that he's the queerest folk guy, but that's Hell Sparks. So, what has Michael Ian Black been in that is not a VH1 recapping the culture show? He had a, um, a comedy show, the Stella. It was called Stella, mm-hmm. and it was like a comedy troupe with two other guys, I believe, that were on the state with him. So, like an improv thing or I, like a know, sketch thing? I think it was like sketch comedy, but it was, script, it was scripted. Okay. Has he ever been in like a sitcom, or is he uh, is he in a movie or something that I might have seen? Because I know he's got that movie coming out with uh, Michelle Trachtenberg. We were talking yeah. about that. Yeah, he's uh, he's just finished filming Kids in America. Uh, right. Let's see. He was in, of course, he was on Ed. He's one of the main characters Oh, hey. In Ed. All right. Okay. Good. All there right. you go. Fair you enough. got something to work Okay. With. So there you go. So uh, coming up later on in the program, in the fourth hour of the show, we will talk to uh, Michael Ian Black, uh, who's going to be uh, he's going to be in town, right? Because it's him and what's his name? They're doing a, there's a duo. They're doing, I really sound informed. It's going to be a great interview. I can already tell. He's with that guy and they're doing that thing at the place. Boy. Well, all right. It's 503-733-2970. We will get all of these calls here in a second. Uh, we have uh, a lot coming up this hour. We have uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up this hour. Tim Riley coming up at noon. Steve Kastenbaum at 1. Jim Roop at 2. Michael Ian Black at 2.40. Betwixt now and the end of the program, we've also got the top five. And we're going to be giving away tickets to the new Steve Carell film, which we are uh, presenting. AM 970 uh, is uh, hosting a special screening of the new Steve Carell film, Dan, in Real Life, uh, which is happening this Thursday, 7 p.m., Regal Bridgeport Village Day. The station is lousy with things happening. Full to the brim we are. What's the name of the movie? It's called Dan in Real Life. It is the new Steve Carell film, and we are hosting a preview of that this Thursday uh, in Tiger. So we'll be talking more about that. Before I do anything here, 
This is simply thrown as a stop to Tim Riley, who takes an ever-increasing amount of pleasure and joy in schadenfreude-based uh, glee in all the various failings of my home computer system. So I finally got Windows XP installed. I finally got all my applications running correctly. I finally got my if the interface with my MP3 player. I finally got it to, so I could go on the web. I hadn't lost my passwords. All of my settings were still correct. And so I realized, though, that I was you know, using my computer for so many things, I was starting to use up all my memory. So I thought last night, you know what it's time to do? It's time to take a bunch of my files, a bunch of my records, a bunch of my MP3s, a bunch of my albums that I store on the computer. It's time to back them up on DVD, because that's what I do. You know, Some people burn stuff to CD. I just wait until there's like four gigs of MP3s, because I get a lot of MP3s off the net and from, you know, I use the Amazon store and whatever. So, you know, I, I said to myself, it's time to just burn like four gigs of stuff onto a DVD, and then I can file it away, and I'll be able to clear up four gigs of hard drive space. So I go to burn a DVD last night, backing up my files. It all went really well until realized that since my Windows upgrade, my computer doesn't recognize that I even have a DVD drive. Doesn't even see it. The letter's not even there anymore. You click on my computer, it's like you have the A drive, which is the floppy drive, so I can still burn something that's, you know, 3K if I want to. Uh, and I've got the F drive and the C drive. No, no D drive. And I thought to myself, well, okay. I'll get that fixed at some point. What I'll do right now in a pinch is I will just burn a CD full of uh, full of stuff. I'll just burn like 800 megs worth of MP3s, free up some hard drive space. You know what? Doesn't recognize my CD player either. <laughs> so as far as my computer is concerned, it, it, I no longer have a DVD drive. I no longer have a CD drive. And here's the really great part. If I want to fix this by reinstalling a part of uh, a part of XP I can't do it because I would need a CD drive to put XP in in the first place <laughs> good time <laughs> oh yeah see I was I was just showing you that out of the paper that you can buy a laptop for 500 something a brand new one that's great it already has all that stuff in it yes yeah they all go do that right now or maybe I'll just go set fire the, to my by wallet by the time this is over you could have bought three <laughs> brand new computers or I could have found out where Bill Gates lives uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Uh, hello. Hi, are, are you having a Halloween party this year by any chance? Pleased to say happy birthday to Sarah Dillon. Oh, happy right. birthday, Sarah. It's Don't the first call of the show. Okay, thank you. I'm starting to appreciate until at least 28, so you have another year. Okay, good. <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry, go ahead. Halloween party. Yes. Are you having one? Uh, no, we are not having a Halloween party this year. See, I was at one, I think it was two or three years ago. Um... It was pretty fun. I think I got in a fight with a girl and we started making out on the floor. Now, like you're just trying. Now, see, you're just trying to I convince. You're just trying to change my mind now. <laughs> this is a made-up story, and even if it's not, you're bringing no, it up for the sole purpose. You are just trying to sway me to have a Halloween party. You talked on the air the next day. If I know you remember. All right. Well, fair enough. That sort of that sort of stuff always seems to happen when I've turned my back. But um. You won't. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So it is now October what ninth, right? Tenth. Yes. Ninth. Ninth. It is October ninth, and so we're like three weeks out. And frankly, Halloween's on a, on a Wednesday, and there's a bunch of oh. other stuff happening. And I, it just, I think we don't have time to, to put oh, something together. Old. It's not that I just, you know, we don't want to do it. <laughs> Let me put it this way: I, I'm not trying to be, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fishing for compliments here, but I will say that we've had some listener parties that are really great, uh, but uh -huh. we've had some listener parties that are sort of a mixed bag. And you know what? Even though you may have had a good time, and I'm not trying to, to trying to diminish your good time retrospectively. It, we have felt that our Halloween parties don't really live up to the other party. The Halloween parties don't really come off as successfully as we would like them to. And that's probably uh, us being hypercritical of ourselves, and it's
probably us just sort of looking back with a you know with the, 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 a very unforgiving eye. But we have felt like our Halloween parties always kind of fall short of the mark. Uh, so we're just going to take a break this year. We're not going to have one, and we're going to be doing something in the uh, in the very near future. Uh, but it's not going to be a Halloween party. Not yet determined. But if you would like to come down here and punch a girl in the face and then have some hot makeout uh, action afterward, we're all for that. And you can just do that anytime. Okay, perfect. I don't think you're really going to do it. All right. <laughs> Thanks. I've seen through your ruse. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I just wanted to uh, wish Sarah Dillon a happy birthday. This is Dennis. I find it so interesting to think of all the time that has gone between the first time I saw her sitting on a stool at KOTK to now becoming the uh, radio icon that she is. I just wanted oh. to give her a heartfelt uh, happy birthday for myself and everyone on the Aww. show. Thank you, Dennis. Right, Icon's thanks. a bit strong. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, I'm, as, and I know now. I'm. It also means one other thing. I'm really old. Now. Yeah, no, that is that is true. There's no getting around that. Thank you. Uh, uh, that's true because I met you guys all when I was 21. 21. Oh my! I don't even think you were 21. Were you old enough I to was, drink when you met yes, us? Of course I was because I was. I turned 21 my senior year of college. Okay, so I, 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 I started know. here. All I remember, well, never mind. We'll save this uh, We'll save this for later. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's up? Happy birthday, sir. Thank sir. you, sir. Hey, well, first of all, I wanted to yell at you about Patton Oswalt. Uh-huh, thanks. Because he's, he's one of us. He plays d and I, I know. He's, I know he's a nerd, and he's uh, he's been on Donna Mike, and he yeah. talks he talks about, about some geek stuff. But right. it, it would be... I, it, it was like we found out about an hour and a half beforehand, and uh, I, I felt like, here's the thing. I'm not trying to knock Michael Lee and Black. I'm really not. But I'm saying Michael Lee and Black, I don't feel one way or the other about that guy. Uh, okay. You know, people are into him. People aren't. Whatever. You know, we'll, we'll talk to him. You know, we had some time to sort of prepare for it. Patton Oswalt, I know, is kind of a big name and a big deal. So that was a thing I didn't want to muck up. So I just said, you know what? I He's got some other... I think with it. it. Maybe. You know, he'll come back to town. If he comes but back to town, you know, we'll, we'll do it again. You know, if okay. not, but I just... the next thing I wanted yeah. to tell you is about XP. Yes. What you need to do... Did you do, like, a, a install from discs in that? Yeah, I did a I did a from scratch install from the CD. Okay. Well, it's easy to fix. Uh-huh. All you need to do is go back in when you when you first start up the disc and everything. Yeah. You hit F2 or whatever the hell it is to get into the setup. Right. And then you tell it that you want to install with CD support. So you have to tell you have to tell XP that you've actually got a CD, even though it is using a CD to load itself? Right. Goddamn Bill Gates. I swear to God, that guy's got it coming. Yeah, because you have to, you know, if you, if you were to that start off. Why? Is there, is there anything on your computer that's important? No, right now. no, no. Of course not. Why would I keep anything important on my computer? Yes, everything on my computer is well, important. Well, you know what I'm saying is because you know if you if you happen to screw something up and you need to reformat the drive, God. that's what it tells you to do. All right, great. Thank so, you. All right. Yeah. Bye All right. now. Okay. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, happy birthday, Sarah. You're not any older. You're just not as young as you used to be. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long day. Hi. Uh, it, yeah. I am not happy about the Halloween party being mixed. Is, are you up? the guy who spent? Are you the guy who spent twelve hundred dollars on a Halloween costume? Uh, well, not as much. But okay. Yeah. yeah. A guy emailed me last week and he's like, "I spent twelve hundred dollars on a brand new Nazgul costume, and now you're not having a Halloween party." And he sent me photos of it, and it's like the most badass costume I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's dressed as a ring wraith from Lord of the, you know, one of those. <laughs> 
things from Lord of the Rings. And she's like, I am not, I'm just going to be sitting in my living room. <laughs> so I'm All picturing a guy, hold on, I'm picturing a guy sitting on his living room sofa by himself with no friends, dressed as a, a dressed as a, as a Lord of the Nazgul, just sitting there kind of sadly staring at his feet. And then every once in a while, one of the big bony Nazgul hands comes out and just picks up some Slim Jims and just... <laughs> And then All he just weeps to, to himself. All I have to look forward to now is uh, Thanksgiving and uh, that, that fruitcake business. Yeah, well, we're going to be making tofurkey again this year. I've said there's just no time to it. There's no time to put together a Halloween thing. And frankly, we've been uh, we've been effed pretty bad in the past by some of our Halloween parties. So mm -hmm. we're we're taking some time off this year. Well, yeah, I've said my piece. All right, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> he's. I know we're dead to him. I can just tell. He's just got that tone of well, Rick. I okay. All right. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Around the corner, a terrifying, and I never thought I would use these words, by the way, a terrifying piece of journalism by Margie Boulay. One, right, yes, Tim, exactly. No one ever really thinks that they're going to use that combination of words. Plus, uh, Lisa Desjardins joins us from the Hill. Uh, later on, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, uh, the Top Five, and Michael Ian Black coming up on the 2 o'clock hour. Say there, it's the Rick Emerson Show. I'm not going to be bitter about it. All right. It's, uh, and you know, the, here's the really funny, uh, uh, well, maybe funny is not the right word. I got like 15 different emails from people like, Rick, here's how you do that thing with the CD drive and the Windows XP not recognizing it. And here's how you uninstall the CD drive and then do manual search for hardware. And then you add the hardware and then you find the new drive. Like it's too much difficulty for Microsoft just to fix it before they send it. Don't they use it themselves? Doesn't somebody Probably at Microsoft not. go like, well, hey, wait a minute. Oh, maybe we ought to try to install this somewhere here before we before we charge like $400 for it all over the world. Uh, and they spent like six years making Windows XP. Never mind. doesn't matter. Sorry. I'm not going to complain. I'm no longer going to expect things to work. I'm no longer going to. I'm not going to worry about quality. I'm not going to complain about shoddy workmanship or lack of pride in one's accomplishments anymore. Not going to happen. Uh, we'll get Lisa here in just a second. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. Happy birthday, Sarah. It's Diana from downtown. Thank Hello, you, Diana. Diana. What's uh, up? Well, I just was remembering the first time I met you was um, when we were, you were out at that toy drive. Out in Beaverton. Now, was that also Christina's last week? It was Christina's last week. Yeah. And I brought my Scottish Terrier because she had hers. That was uh, Heather. Yeah. Name of your dog. That's her. All oh, right. I remember. So, there yeah. you go. So, yeah, that's it. Man, time really does go by. All of you and Bruce and Matt and everybody. Oh, <laughs> damn, I'm old. All right. Oh, look, honey, you have nowhere to talk. Okay. <laughs> now, where am I? No. Uh, look. On the, it's all about how you feel inside anyway. I mean, in, in this case, I'm far younger than you and will always be far younger than you. Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much. One more. Uh, higher. I guess that's a compliment. Higher on the Rick Emerson Show, but not to me. Yes, what's up? <laughs> Rick. Hi. First and foremost, happy birthday to Sarah. Thank you. Um, yes, yes. Uh, the computer the computer situation, uh -huh. uh, you may be able to resolve. I'm not super computer savvy, but... Um, I am a DJ, and i got a ton of stuff on my laptop, and I'm always afraid it's going to crash. I'm going to lose it all. You can go down to Costco or someplace, and they make the external hard drive for like 100 bucks. It'll hold everything you got on there. Yeah. The that it does wipe out. I actually bought one of those a while back for another project that I was doing. We wanted to make sure that if the Pro Tools crashed, that we didn't lose every single thing we had. So that will probably be my next purchase. It's an external hard drive, so I can just dump the contents of my computer onto it. 
It, it just so if the, the event that Bill Gates just completely and totally decides to F me and erases every bit of data I have that I don't have to then go and kill everyone. Because that would be the inevitable <laughs> outcome. Yeah. He's got the button right there at his desk. He, he really does. You, you know that. You know. It, my friend and I have joked about that forever. You know that Bill Gates has somewhere in his office, uh, behind glass and one of those, like, turn your key things from war games, Exactly. He can turn it, open up a little glass plane, uh, pane, it, press a big red button, and every computer in the world will just turn off, or just start, or just, or just start showing his glowing face with like beaming red eyes. You know. <laughs> All right, thank you, my friend. That's Carson. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Program from the Hill. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins joining us now here on the Rick Emerson Radio. That's two days in a row that I haven't muffed it, by the way. I can't believe it. I get everybody else is messing it up, including me. Oh, so that's man. pretty good. Rick Emerson is a professional, and he takes his job seriously. Rick Emerson. Hey, Sarah, happy birthday. Thank you, my dear. I appreciate hey. it. I'm glad you're getting lots of love. That's good. It is. I'm, I do feel very loved today. And sure. I, in <laughs> fact, there's a huge package from Amazon.com sitting right here know, to my right. I know. It's torture, and you won't let me touch it. No, because, well, because it's, I know a little bit about what's in it. It's not from me. This is from one of our listeners, from our good friend Seamus, who listens to us uh, in uh, Colorado. Seamus. Uh, and uh, so I know he did send me an email about it. In fact, not to n not to distract ourselves with whatever. Let's see. Here we go. Uh, Sarah's birthday gift. He had emailed me about this. How big is lo <clears throat> like? How big are we talking about? Uh, the box is probably a foot high and about two and a half feet across. I mean, it's a it's a big like it's a pretty decent size. Imagine like a like a, right. a like a big ass microwave. Not a CD. No, no, it, it looks like a big microwave box. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, he says, um, "Let's see, uh, Rick. My packing job on Sarah's gift is pretty pathetic. If she opens it around you, make sure that she goes through the entire package. There are several items in it." That is so nice of him. Now, here's the thing. I know what one of the items is, and yes. there's a. Uh, is it hilarious or oh, functional? Well, or a little bit of both. Well, it's hilarious to me. <laughs> so. You'll understand why. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a jerk, but you'll you'll understand why. And I, I it's it's a it's a surprise. Um. So anyway, all right. Uh. So just so you know, Lisa, I will uh I will mess up your name at some point. At some point in the near future, I'm going to go to pronounce it, and I'm either going to call you Lisa Goddard or I'm going to mispronounce the Desjardins, and I'm just going to make a complete pile out of it. Looking forward to it. But I, just so we can diffuse that bomb ahead of time, that will the day will come uh, when I am uh, you know the, the, working with half a brain or something, and I will not identify you correctly. So let's not be horrified when that happens no no not at all all right um did you say that desjardins by the way is a french derivation it is it means of the gardens okay i just wanted to clarify that it is it's it's, it's quebecois really it's the french canadians where it comes from well here's the reason i asked this and this is honestly the way my brain works i was wondering about the etymology of desjardins because i was thinking about presidential candidate fred thompson this is absolutely true okay. and i was thinking about how uh, you can't really picture a president Fred. You can you, <laughs> you you can picture a sort of a president Frederick, yeah. maybe if he was from the 1850s, like <laughs> if he was Prussian, and if he had like a powdered wig or something. You know, Fred Frederick uh, Forsyth, you know, the ninth or whatever. Um, but you know, Fred Thompson. Thompson's got such a good, solid bit of a, you know linguistic gravitas to it. I could really see that. So. Uh, it does seem like, aesthetically speaking, and Americans operate a great deal about it, you know, on aesthetics. It does seem uh, that aesthetically, 
Thompson is probably the front runner right now, um, even more so than Mitt Romney, only because I think Mitt Romney does carry Mormon baggage with him. And, I, and people won't really openly say that that's true, but I do believe it's the case. Um, oh, sure. So yeah. What, I mean, people are thinking about that. We'll see if it matters next year. But Well, it, 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 what people say matters, uh, you know, what people will talk about out loud and what pe- what matters to people mm-hmm. once the once the uh, curtain is closed in the, in the ballot booth. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people who are much more inclusive out loud, I think, become, I think, the prejudices of of, uh, of the voter become much more evident once they're inside that booth with just themselves and God. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so right. what should we be looking for tonight with this GOP debate? Is it is Fred Thompson going to turn out to be? Is he going to turn out to be just a bunch of fluff, or or is he going to is he going to come out with a lot of substance? This is this is the big test for for Freddie. Hey, how about that, Freddie? Freddie Thompson? No, that's not going to work. Not. But this is the big test for him. And the debate, actually, you know, we're used to debates being at night, so everyone says, oh, this debate tonight, and it will be replaying tonight on MSNBC. But it actually starts in just an hour and 15 minutes. And this is key for him. He's got to come out strong. He's got to show that he can hold his own with some pretty tough debaters, especially Rudy Giuliani. He's got to really hold his own with him. He's got to show that he has some sort of... Uh, personal charisma, and that doesn't mean that he has to be shouting or he has to uh, really do a slam dunk against one of his opponents, but he has to have some kind of personal qualities that endear him, I think, more than he's been able to show on the campaign trail so far. So what does the average American know or think about Fred Thompson right now? Now, that's a big question that probably is better suited to some sort of pollster or, you know, a Zogby type, but I mean, what is your read on the way he is sort of playing uh, in America, or at least at his campaign stops right now? I think he's a big maybe among most Americans. I think most Americans are not paying attention to this campaign, yet they're just starting to tune in, you know, bring in the dial a little bit, uh, pay attention vaguely. And I think what the reason, though, that this is a big deal is because the conservatives who can rally their troops or, or have rallied their troops in the past, and we've talked about this before, conservatives are, can be a huge force in the Republican primary, and that is who Fred Thompson needs to get behind him and soon. And as you've said, some conservatives have already written him off their list, and that's a problem. So he's got to show that he can carry their banner and that he is going to be able to go into battle with someone like Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama, whoever it may be, but especially Hillary Clinton, and that he's going to uh, be able to essentially trounce her. Because <laughs> uh, that's what conservatives want to see, but they're not convinced that he can do it. I was talking to Jim Roop about this yesterday, and I said that, you know, regardless of one's political orientation or where you, where you fall on the ideological spectrum, I do really believe the following. I believe that we had... Here's why I think next year is going to be the bloodiest, most bare-knuckled, as, uh, as Ed Rollins would say. It is going to be a, a, a backroom bare-knuckle brawl next year. Because I believe that we had... Eight years of Clinton, eight years of Bush, and I really do believe for the extremists on both ends of the political spectrum that next year that election is going to be a once-and-for-all, winner-take-all. Are we a people of Clinton or are we a people of George Bush? Well, don't forget, before Clinton, we had Bush as well. Uh, well, that's true, although i got to say, I-, I think that... I think that he's largely become a non-issue for people. Oh, I, I think, think that's true. I think people when people think about Bush 41, I think people just sort of he's sort of a non-entity. I think to most the average lay person, I think the average lay person thinks about George Bush the first and kind of says, well, yeah, he was he was pretty, but they just sort of think of him as I think he's just innocuous. He's, I still think that there may be the only reason he may be important Bush 41 is that I think there is a, a decently large group of people 
who voted for Bush 43 uh, now now would vote against him, who, who have been greatly disappointed by him, Republicans, but who think very well of Bush 41 and kind of remember that sort of a Republican. And I think those votes are up for grabs. I think they could be taken by a Democrat or a Republican, the ones who, who, who probably have endearing thoughts about the father and probably like him more now that he's been out of office for a while, and, but on the other hand, would vote against the son at this point. Is Karl Rove going to have anything to do with next year's election? Is he going to be playing a part in that? You can bet. You can bet. I don't know if he's actually set up his his giant risk type uh, map of the U.S. with his <laughs> miniature figures of pollsters in each state, and he's moving them around like a general uh, from um, from the longest day. I'm not sure if that's happening yet, but he will be involved, and I think that's part of the reason he left when he did. Now, the question is, how involved will he be in the presidential race versus congressional races? I'm sure he'll have his fingers in both pies. Uh, two two other things here. One, uh, I draw your attention to an article in today's Boston Globe, uh, and I, as a rule, I detest newspaper article. I detest journalism of any kind where the article leads with the case study of one person who is a microcosm of a larger event. I just hate that. And I think I hate it largely because it makes it difficult for us to read them on the air because you have to wait about halfway through the article to get to the stuff the audience cares about. Yes, yes, so yes. This is written in a fashion that I hate, but it is interesting. Um, the article is, just, is essentially about a lot of people who despised Hillary Clinton or at least weren't going to vote for her who are now warming to her. And this one paragraph says it all. Uh, Dateline Concord. Don Schwartz, who describes himself as a super uh, dean type progressive, decided to back Hillary Clinton, whose centrist views do not match his own for a simple reason. What is that reason, Lisa Desjardins? What is that reason? He wants to win. He wanted to be with a winner. Well spotted. So that is... I'm telling you right now, the uh, I do believe that the overwhelming thirst for simple political vengeance is going to overwhelm a lot of mixed feelings people have about Hillary Clinton. And th here's the big problem that the GOP is having right now, is that there is a juggernaut forming behind Hillary Clinton on the left. Mm. Good or bad, whatever anybody thinks about that, I honestly firmly believe that it's true that she is... Uh, there's a long way to go between here and, and there and a hard road to hoe and all of that stuff. But I'm saying th th there is momentum behind her that there's not in any way behind the GOP, and they got to quit having a big pecking party over there, or they're going to get nothing. Bupkis, as my grandmother would say. Well, already Giuliani is trying to get that kind of momentum, but I don't. He doesn't have it, and his party is his party is divided over social issues still to some degree, and and over the fact that they really don't have one big flag bearer. Democrats, however, I think while Hillary Clinton has a humongous lead right now, if there were some kind of vulnerability to show up for her, that lead could could be erased quickly because I do think, just like you pointed out, the reason people are flocking to her right now is Democrats. You're right. It's a major. They want to win here. We got to win. They're sick of losing. Lose this year. There's too much at stake. We've we've got to get our guy in there. And I think if they if there are questions, you know, it's kind of a wounded dog thing. If she if she gets any sort of little scratch on her, people could back I, off. Now so far now now she's her team is great at making sure that doesn't happen. So I think the biggest scratch. It's not even a scratch. The biggest problem she's got is that her last name is Clinton. But yes. that is uh, that is an asset to the same degree that it's a detriment, if not more so. So Listen, it's a big asset in the primary, um, and it, in, we have yet to see how what it will do in the national election because I think I think then it's a completely different story. The interesting thing here is 
perception versus reality of who is your best candidate to win. You know, is it really Hillary Clinton or is she just mastering that perception? It, uh, who knows? But it, but I'm, I, I don't know for sure that she is. When you look at the side-by-side -side of her versus, say, Giuliani, uh, she's not necessarily the Democrat who polls the best in those head-to-head -head matches, but yet she certainly has commanded the perception that she is the toughest one to beat. Uh, as we bring the curtain down on this segment, I want to say I just got the <laughs> photograph that you sent me. Oh, hey. Um, so you guys should, uh, Tim, sir, you guys should come check this out. Uh, so Lisa Desjardins sent me this. Uh, I gotta quit saying it like that. Lisa sent me this uh, photograph of her wedding. So how great is that picture? Oh, oh, that's a beautiful photograph. Isn't that um, so you let me know at some point if you if you uh, would mind us posting that on our website. Are you okay with that? Sure. Okay, we'll we'll post that. That really is uh, that is a beautiful photograph. That is you and Jason sharing a, a kiss inside. The, is that in the church? It, no, it's at Union Station. We actually took the subway to the. <laughs> Will you kiss so, me in the subway? So that was, that was actually That's outside love. the subway station. It's a beautiful photograph. That really is fantastic. So we'll get that posted. We've had some people ask if there were photos of the wedding, and so oh, we'll. Uh, that's great. Yeah, it's, it will have that posted up there. All right, enjoy the rest of your day. And hey, happy always... birthday again, Sarah. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. That's a great photograph. All right, Sarah, you ready to open your present? Yes, I'm totally ready to open my All present. All right, do we have something with which to open this? Uh, I have a pen I could stab it with. All right. Somewhere. Stabbing is probably not the, the best idea. Oh, I don't have a wait, pen. Can I use one of your fancy pens? pens? Oh, wait, here we go. I, I got it. I'll just you open can't it. Up. Open it for me. Do you need me to open it? The no, tape I can't. for you? No, All right, because there's it's separate wrappings inside, I think. Okay. So, well, I'll let you tear. If you can tear open the top, I just didn't know if your frail, uh, stick-like, feminine arms could do that. Oh, you stop that. I'm just saying, because you're so thin, I didn't know that you'd be able to. Uh... Okay. <laughs> Ow. Okay. Look at you. I know. Never I'm underestimate the power of one who wants her stuff. <laughs> this is a huge. Box. It really is. Oh. There's so many little packing peanuts everywhere. All right. Yeah, there's a bunch of crap, so. Okay. So am I just pulling this out? Yeah, there's one main uh, gift in there. Oh, here's the thing. Is it a card or something? Awesome. Sorry for the bad packaging job I tried, but I'm a dude. Yeah. Love Seamus. Yeah, he basically let Amazon package that for him. Awesome. Okay. I don't want these to go anywhere. Oh, these aren't the edible kind either. How do you know? You should try one. Yeah, there's nothing. Okay, so this I can put down here because there's nothing else in here. Oh, my God. What is this? I don't know. What could it possibly be? <laughs> <laughs> it is a cuckoo clock. It is the same gift that Aaron Duran gave her. <laughs> Enormous. Oh, my God. I can't yeah. it on my wall. This oh, is wait. Huge. Now, is it not exactly the same one? No, it's a... Oh, that's too bad for me. I was hoping I could make fun of him. Okay, so it's a it's a I labyrinth. I my own labyrinth oh. collection. In your face, Aaron Duran. Seamus is just like three times the size no, of yours. at least Aaron got me. Okay, so... You know, you're not going to get that gift certificate to keep it with lip. Wait, um, more down here. So, hold on. Let me just back up here. So, Aaron gave Sarah last week a Labyrinth David Bowie action figure. And so, Seamus, Seamus emailed me on Friday, though, and he's like, dude, he's like, I just listened to the show. It's like, what the? I just got Sarah the same present. It's already in the mail. Stupid Aaron. And so, Seamus was all neurotic that he got you the same present, except in your face, you are pwned, Aaron, because this is like four times the size of yours. Oh, my God. Push button sounds. And Rick, yeah. I, have, I have good news for you. Yeah. We have a theme for the show today. What? Songs from the Labyrinth soundtrack. Oh, great. What? What? Fantastic. And, oh my gosh. And the Labyrinth and special the edition. edition. Great. It's an oh. all Labyrinth gift set. All Labyrinth all the time. <clears throat> I didn't really know people were that into Labyrinth. And, what is the final present? 
The Goblins of Labyrinth, featuring new art and afterworld, uh, afterward by the artist. So it's, it's, a, it's a book of labyrinth with... art. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is the coolest thing ever. Does this come with a retainer? I think I want to marry Seamus. Should I not say that out loud? That's too late. Okay. All right. This is awesome. Let's take Why a break so you can... feel all awkward? I'm not. Let's take a break so you can play with your presence. Okay. All right. Around the corner, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Have we news today, Tim? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact... Fantastic. I just uh, learned that this is National Support Britney Spears Day. Is it really? Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we'll commence that around the corner later on. Michael Ian Black. Uh, today's uh, Sarah Dillon Top 5. Uh, and Jim Roop, as well as Steve Castell on stage. There's the Rick Emerson Show. Maybe I need to see Labyrinth again to really appreciate this. I really think you should. I watched it actually on Saturday night. Maybe you can give me your old ass copy now that you have the uh, brand new uh, anniversary edition. I will definitely give you my old copy. And if I don't appreciate it, I'll give it back so you can give it to somebody who loves it. Okay. Ooh, it's got a freaky 3D cover. It's weirding me out. High-definition transfer, rediscovered footage from Jim Henson's archives, full-length documentary, interviews with the filmmakers, feature-length commentary by uh, conceptual artist Brian Froud. He's a Froud who knows where his towel is. And Jennifer Connelly. Weird. We were also noticing on Saturday when we were watching it that... There's no going back. Like, I can't see Jennifer Connelly the same way ever after a requiem for a dream. You just picture her at 10 years old standing in front of a mirror shooting heroin into her face. Oh. Yeah. All right. It's Sarah Dillon's birthday, so uh, we'll be taking your calls about that uh, throughout the day. Because that really is the only reason the show exists, is to feed the already inflated egos of the people who broadcast here every day between 11 and 3. Really? What else? Otherwise, I might as well just be playing, like, young MC records somewhere. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum coming up later on today. We'll also talk to CNN radio correspondent James Roop, who has Ozzy Osbourne news for us. Top 5 and Michael Ian Black going to be joining us later on. This at the Ministry of Truth is Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. The search continues for possible survivors of that plane crash in the Cascades in Washington State. Now they fear all 10 aboard were killed. Yakima Sheriff Ken Irwin describes the crash scene. And I can't use that device. Why can't I not use that device? Hang on. What is the error message? Uh, let's see here. Let me try this again. Uh, are you? Do you have a window open that has audio in it? I don't think so. Well, let me go back and look here. <clears throat> closing your, uh, your running Firefox. Right. I'm sorry, my microphone is like... Okay, let's try this. Here we go. The crash site, it was described to me as uh, approximately 100 feet by 60 feet. So oh, from you know that, that you can you know that ascertain means. that it probably went in uh, just about straight down. It wasn't at much of an angle. You know, when they say the, uh, the, the accident, is, is the plane crash scene is approximately blah, 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 that just means there's a whole lot of spreading over a large distance. Now, there's a plane full of parachutists. I was just going to say. Now, this Nobody may... was wearing a parachute, apparently. <laughs> but how are they parachutists? 
Well, they were they were coming home from parachute. Ah, that's unfortunate. So let me understand this, and I I'm not trying to do like a too soon thing here, because that was Scotty Knight's first question, which is if it's a plane full of guys with parachutes, you know maybe you jump. But apparently they had already jumped, they had landed, gotten back on the plane, and, and were flying home. Right. But with parachutes that had already been deployed. Yes. That really is the very definition of an ironic death. I mean, I think... Or a Darwin logic. I, I, well, one might say that, reasonably speaking, you could you could assume the plane was going to be a safe passage back to wherever you're going. But I, it really does... I mean, so many things in this, in this culture get mislabeled as being ironic. Irony is a word that is misused all the time. That really is a pretty ironic death, though. All right. So this happened when? Where exactly? Around Yakima. All right. Okay, so there you go. So so that's unpleasant, and there you go. For those who enjoy flying, Northwest Airlines is having nonstop international flights between PDX and Amsterdam, although they haven't made it official, but everybody knows they're going to announce it today. So you're going to be able to fly nonstop to the party capital of the world very soon. Fantastic. From here to... That's so cool. And Amsterdam. Is it going to be cheap or is it expensive? Nothing's cheap. Not that I plan on... I mean, yeah. Actually, um, Amsterdam is cheaper than London. Well, and now it's just... Here is like pennies. Now, are, yeah. they, are they in the euro? Is that the thing? Yeah, but Amsterdam has always been cheaper. It's just there. a cheaper town. Is, is Amsterdam... It's a town. I want you to spend. Is, uh, this is probably not completely accurate, but is Amsterdam, to some degree, the Vegas of Europe? In other words, everything in Vegas. Crack. Well, but I'm saying everything in Vegas is cheap because it's subsidized by the by the vice industries. Everything in Vegas is dirt cheap because it's subsidized by gambling and drinking. In fact, drinking is actually cheap because it's subsidized by gambling. Hotels are cheap because it's subsidized by casinos. Is Amsterdam cheap because it is subsidized by many of these things that Amsterdam draw Amsterdam is cheap because it's full of young people. Okay, all right. Going there to have a good time. It's. It's uh, not that... Going there to take a trip. Yes. To drop out. Yes. To fry. To yeah. burn. They have many museums there. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway... Oh, John Edwards is in Oregon today. He's making a parents uh, in Seaside. Already here in... He already Seaside? Who goes to Seaside? John Edwards does. For, okay. Apparently, the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, that's the AFL-CIO, is holding their 50th annual convention. That's like just that's, in Seaside. That's like taking your your campaign to Coney Island or something. That just doesn't even make any sense. What is she, what is he going to campaign on low price consumer tchotchkes that show like a huge wave? All right, it's possible. Okay. So let's talk about the guy who uh, won the uh, Great Pumpkin Contest, shall we? This is the annual Half Moon Bay Pumpkin Way Off. Are you losing your voice? I am. I have terrible allergy problems today. Okay. Uh, I have some. Uh, I have some Claritin. Would that help you? Ooh. It might give you a little pep, too, as uh, Jared Leto says in Requiem for a Dream. No, no, no. This is the non-drastic and Sarah's taking it. Yeah. It's good stuff. You might want to try it. If you're giving it up for free, I'd say take it. Yeah. <laughs> Rick's always giving Perhaps it up for free. I should have some. Yeah. No, let me. I'll let take me, some during the next During the break, break, I will get you at Claritin. And it's kind of freaky because if it's the, I haven't taken it for a while, but I'm pretty sure that it's the kind that just dissolves when it touches your uh, the inside of your mouth. I'm oh, pretty sure you don't have to swallow it. You like put it in your mouth and then by then, if you turn back, it's too late because it's just but and it just dissolves under under your uh, into your bloodstream. So also, get it drowsy. Uh, well, they claim it's non-drowsy. Well, we'll Although, find out, won't we? Can I just uh, can I just tell you this? I actually have at home. It's not this, but I have some other allergy medication at home that says in big letters, non-drowsy. It's not Claritin, but it's sort of a similar product. Uh -huh. And you look in the back of the box, and I swear to God, the first warning is may cause drowsiness. It just says in huge letters in the front, non-drowsy. On the back, may put you to sleep. So it, I think it really is a bit of a crapshoot. But I, I, I think at one time I, I took a Sudafed while I was on the air, and I took it right before I was doing the uh, bottom of the hour headlines. Uh huh. And by the time I got 30 seconds into it, I just didn't care anymore. Now, see, Sudafed is the kind that you can't buy anymore because Sudafed really did wake you up. 
Sudafed was good for like allergies, head colds, college finals. It was because it, Sudafed would just give you all kinds of zing. Uh, what you don't want to. Did you ever take mini thins? Oh yeah. I, I mean, loved them. I don't know what those are. I don't know what you're talking about, Sarah. Sorry. Are those, um, those mints? Uh, no. No, that, those are those they're drugs. Like little, they're like little bundles of caffeinated goodness. Little bundles of not caffeinated. It's not caffeinated. People thought that. Well, well since they weren't Sarah's birthday, why not experiment with different drugs? <laughs> <laughs> the. No, they were not caffeine in any way, shape, manner, matter, or form. Oh, I thought they were just like little... They were amphetamines, is what they were. They oh, just were oh. legal through a loophole in the law for a long time. You, and my friends and I buy those by the bundles in college. Yeah, you know what those are? Yeah, that's half the, inve- uh, it, it, that's half the ingredient of methamphetamine. Oh. Where's the other half? Uh, the, I guess which... I won't look back so warmly anymore. No, I mean... So it's... you get a half a face of Well, because I'm not telling people... I'm not telling people to... Uh, I'm not pe- telling people to do meth because it's illegal and bad and you There's shouldn't do it. There's a special on that tonight. It's, ro- <laughs> it's special, really? On television. It's yeah. like $1.99. Yes. That, well, tonight, yeah. K2's having a special on meth. <laughs> <laughs> Buy three. Um, so, um, well, they are on we should Sandy, ask Sandy Boulevard. We should call Carl Click and ask if he's having a special on meth. Because <laughs> um, I was going to drop by. I'm real tired. Uh, not to get sidetracked on this, uh, mini thins, which were sold under a couple different names, but that was the biggest name because they sold those in Utah when I worked there. Not to be confused with wheat thins. No, no, in no way uh, will they be confused with wheat thins. Um, methamphetamine is not like I'm an expert on meth, but the thing that makes meth so much worse than a, a lot of other things and so much worse than, than certain kinds of amphetamines is the things that they, they add to it. And again, it's like a lot of crap from under the sink and like bags of nails and plutonium and death and whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that just ruins your teeth and you do whatever. Um, and then the rest of it, of course, is just, is just amphetamine. Now, the reason you can no longer buy mini thins, which again, were legal, were absolutely legal up until just a few years ago. The reason you could buy uh, that you can no longer buy mini thins is because people were buying them in boxes of like a hundred. Well, you could buy the giant, like economy tubs. Yes, like my, you could. my roommates and I did that. You know because what you can make like... out of that? Big economy tubs of meth. Really? So that's why it's illegal. Look it up. That's why it's illegal because people would buy it and then they would bake it down with ingredients and they would turn it into meth. And those things helped all of a sudden. I mean, because I was oh, yeah. going to school. <laughs> yeah, if you're going you to school, away. you're working a job and you want to like go out at night and live your college. I mean, those were the things that got you through the day. No, don't, don't. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was no caffeine in those. They were just pure ephedrine. Um, filled you full of pep, did it? It filled you full of pep and heart disease. Um, and so, but they were. But I, again, I'm going to be very clear about this. They were absolutely and totally legal. Um, you could go and you could buy 500 of them for like $9. Yeah, it's like 99 cents. I remember for a packet of like three yeah. of them. Uh, and the first thing they did, because I was living in Utah when this happened, the first thing they did is they started making it so you could only buy one at a time and you had to show, or you didn't have to show ID. Then later you could only buy one at a time and you had to show ID. Then later you had to buy, you could only buy one a month with ID. And then they just made it illegal across, across the board. Um, but that's why, because they would take uh, they would take mini thins, uh, the sulfur from match heads, and like a couple other things, mix it together, cook it up, bam, meth. Hmm. Uh, and as much as I criticize aspects of the drug war, making over-the-counter ephedrine illegal is actually one of the things that is, has decreased the manufacture of meth a little bit. But that's why they made Sudafed illegal, because as soon as they made ephedrine illegal, they went to Sudafed, which has pseudoephedrine. And so they couldn't get them anymore. They couldn't get many things anymore or whatever. So they went and they started using cold medicine. And now that's illegal and they're getting I don't even know where they get it now. Um, but that was a weird time, uh, like a weird two or three year period where you could go into like a 7-Eleven and they would just sell you 
uh, a big-ass bottle of what was a very pure, very high-potency, completely legal amphetamine. Uh, and you, in fact, you the repercussions of that are still felt, by the way, because if you walk into a plant, and I'd be very clear, obviously, that we in the program do not advocate harming your body or breaking the law in any way. I'm just saying, if you walk into a plaid pantry now, and you look at that little uh, that little section to the right of the cash register, they are still to this day trying to find a product that will make that, that will sell like that. And of course, you know, they can't because there's nothing, I mean, because all the crap they sell now is just like herbal stuff and bee pollen and, you know, none of which does anything. Because as soon as something really effective, you know, is on the market, the cops make it illegal. Uh, so... Anyway, so there you go. So there was no caffeine in those. You were just taking amphetamines. Oh. What and, was the original question? Uh, the original question was, have you, because I don't even know how we got it. Oh, because of Amsterdam. Oh. I'm talking about Amsterdam and the drugs and the whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think that's where, oh, no, and Claritin and giving you lots of pep. Okay, yeah. That's why it was so hard, though, for a long time to come up with a non-drowsy uh, allergy medicine because the, the thing that they used for the longest time to make allergy medication and other medications non-drowsy was ephedrine. Until all the meth laws came into effect and they had to take it out. That's why Claritin was such a breakthrough, because they found something that was non-drowsy that wasn't packed with, with half of meth. Um, yeah, it was only a very small quirk in the law. It was a loophole in the law that allowed those, those pills to be legal in the first place. It That's is, nuts. It is astounding. I have friends of mine who took those just by the fistful um, and just, and to this, my friend, a friend of mine who I will not name just lamented. It was like he'd lost a child when they made those things illegal. When they took them up, he's like, I should have purchased hundreds of them. I should have filled a warehouse with them, and now they're illegal. I had friends who did the exact same thing. You get yeah, you can't. They yeah, stocked up. Yeah, you're after. You can't get any of that stuff anymore all right huh. here's tim riley i'm sorry tim go ahead well it sounds like a very unhappy birthday for someone then yes well let's talk about these uh, giant pumpkins again shall we in california the winner is tad star of pleasant hill oregon whose giant squash amassed an amazing 1524 pounds star walked away with more than nine thousand dollars in prize money for his monstrosity you always want to hope you always want to dream that's why we do this is we try to do it <laughs> Some people dream about world peace or becoming successful. He just wants to grow a massive gourd. Pump and circumstance around the giant pumpkins at the annual weigh-off. <laughs> I'm sorry, will you play that one more time? Oh, certainly. Pump and circumstance around the giant pumpkin weigh-off. Down? Yes, it is. Yes, that's, it is. Would you please uh, play would, that again? Would you know? At some point, will you write down the cut number? I'm going to save that. That's our end of show cut for today, by the way. And by the way, Tim, don't you mean it's pumpkin circumstance? Yes, every year. <laughs> there are more pumpkins that weigh more than a thousand pounds. One thousand sixty-nine. Does anybody ever ask the question of how they get these pumpkins to be so large? Does anybody? I mean, really, honestly. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that they're giving them... Aren't they from Hermiston? I'm... Well... I, know, are... I thought it was just known that they inject them with things. I'm not... With many like things. Like an Olympic athlete. I, uh... Can I just tell you this, this one observation? Yeah. Now I sound like a junkie. Can I just make this one final observation about, about many things? Again, back when they were legal, because I do not advocate the illegal use of drugs in any way. Drugs are bad. They're a scourge, especially to our young people, who are our greatest natural resource. Can I just tell you this? And this does make me sound like a junkie. I remember exactly where I was, exactly what time of day it was, and what I, what I was doing. I remember the chair I was sitting in the first time I ever took one of those, not really knowing what it was. 
And that's a thing I think you only really do when you're young or else you don't live to be very old. But take this. What is it? Uh, you'll find out. Okay. And I just, you know, somebody put one in front of me and said, you ought to try this. And I said, well, why not? And I just took it. Really, the first time I took one of those, it was as if it was as if someone had turned on the sun in my life for the very first time. First time you took a mini thin? Yes, it really was. It was as though for the first time in my life I had seen the beautiful outdoors. I mean, that really was. I can just, see why you don't drink. That's and, and why I don't. Uh, why I am not a drug taking type because I uh, latched onto those. I think uh, way too happily. It was really probably I am the reason those are illegal because if they weren't because I because drug laws really do. They do have an effect on people who I think are just uh, like myself or just very sort of, um, you know, because I'm just a big pussy with that stuff. So um, anyway, so I am the reason those are legal or uh, illegal, rather, because I'd, you know, I'd buy stock in that company if I could, man. You know, the amount of those that got sold every year in this country for like the four or five years they were out there. So that final countdown clip, you have to write that down for me at some point. All right, I'll do that. So I'm not suggesting they put anything in these pumpkins. But, I mean, you couldn't grow a pumpkin that's a 1,000 pounds. That's insane. It's impossible. And yet, like, no one ever said... And then when they ask these guys, so how did you grow this pumpkin that's 1,400 pounds? He always goes, well... Uh, and he always gives some answer that is half crap, half homespun wisdom. And it's a lot of, like, well, I just gave a good old American uh, water and sunshine and, uh, you know, just a, a great Hermiston soil. And uh, plus, I go out and I uh, play Charlie Daniels for it every night on my guitar. And it uh, seems to work. <laughs> and then he just pats the gourd for the camera. And no one ever just says, like, seriously, cut the crap. How did you grow a 1,200 pounds? 1,200 pounds is more than my car weighs. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, meanwhile, Half Moon Bay grow grower John Muller hugs his daughter after winning the award for the biggest locally grown pumpkin at more than 800 pounds. Well, I yeah. swear to God, you had to cry. I swear. It's like giving birth to a baby, huh, Delfina? Oh, my God. It's the best. Oh, that's a little creepy. Let's listen back again to this guy talking about how having a pumpkin is like birthing a baby. Well, I yeah. swear to God, you had to cry. I swear. It's like giving birth to a baby, huh, Delfina? Oh, my God. It's the best. We're all a little unnerved over here. Okay. There's Tim Riley. Well, a sweet home man who built and planted pipe bombs on cars in Salem will spend almost 73 years in the Hooskow. Mm. Uh, Lonnie Galinsky is charged with 13 counts of aggravated attempted murder and four counts of unlawful possession of explosives. He made the devices at his sweet home home and planted the bombs at five cars. Uh, one of the targets was his ex-wife. He told his girlfriend he wanted to kill his ex to gain custody of his kids to avoid paying child support. You're truly a cold, crew calculating person, one victim said. The three other victims were selected at random as an attempt to confuse investigators. You chose selfishness over your own children's personal safety. Deputy Attorney had hoped for a 40-year sentence, but this is better. 73 years. Excellent. Well done. Nobody was injured by the bombs. They failed to explode. Each and ah, every one of them. Loser. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, it's Peter from Nickel Arcade. Hey, Peter from Nickel yeah. Arcade. I don't know where Scotty is. This was we're getting unscreened calls at the moment. What's up, brother man? I just wanted to call and say happy birthday to Sarah. Thank Aww. you, Peter. It was nice to meet you last week. It was very nice to meet you, too. And I wanted to say that we're all just just painfully poor. Uh, so we wrote you a birthday song. Oh, you did? <laughs> we did, um, which is uh, kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like getting uh, tube socks or something. But uh, is it? it let's, let's be honest. Is it just called I Hope There's Vodka in Portland? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, no, the, it, is, it is unnamed. It is a Sarah Dillon birthday song. And uh, we have it for you. Whenever we can come in, we'll give it to you. 
All right, well, I, I think we're having you in on Friday. There's a Friday. I sent you an email about that. I think Friday works for us if that works for you. Well, that just sounds wonderful. Oh, Peter. Okay. There you go. Peter from Nickel Arcade. Thank you. Uh, MySpace.com slash Nickel Arcade sucks to find uh, fellows behind. I hope there's vodka in heaven. We'll see you Friday, man. Yes, bye. Happy birthday, sir. All Thanks, right, there Peter. you go. There's that, uh, Peter. So all they all right, have to get time off from work? I think so. Will I they, think they have to get notes from that, their parents before they, they can come in. Will they miss that hot dog on a stick? Yeah. No, they don't hire men there. That's a... Have you ever seen a man working there? I actually have a friend who works in, for the same in the back. as Peter. Okay. Well, really? Mm-hmm. Can you? What type of work is that? Uh, retail. Really? Does mm-hmm. he still work there? I think so. She just mouthed the, uh, the place that Peter works. He's, I'm pretty sure. He I'm... works there now. I'm surprised I haven't seen him. Yeah, I don't know which one he works at. He, oh, I think he works at it. Oh, that would explain. Yeah, because I would, I would, I go to the other one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like saying half the sentence, then mouthing the rest. No, it's fine. I've gotten a lot better at lip reading though, since we can't. Well, really we have to because we're all yeah. in one room now. So, uh, and plus, you're slowly going deaf over there anyway. So eventually, it's just going to be a whole lot of elephant noises in here. It's uh, true. Here's Tim Riley. An effort to suspend Oregon's new domestic partnership law has failed. Oregon ah. Secretary of State Office made the announcement. They were 116 signatures short of the required 55,179, so take that and stick it in your cap. (laughs) And possibly elsewhere. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, Iraq is demanding that the U.S. end its association with a private security firm Blackwater within six months. They've been killing people like crazy. Uh, Now they're accused of uh, deliberately firing on Iraqi citizens, killing 17 and injuring more than 20. And this morning, they killed two, so they're not killing as many as they used to. They want uh, black water out of Iraq. In the meantime, the U.S. government isn't uh, commenting on that. But Dana Perino, the new White House spokeswoman, wants us to know that things are going well in Iraq. To find out what is our threat, how is it evolving, and how do we make sure that we have a strategy to keep up with it, and that we have that we're planning not only for terrorist attacks but also for uh, natural disaster catastrophes that could have struck our country as well. You know, she looks like somebody, and I just can't quite put my finger on who it is. Dana Perino, the new White House spokesperson, who took over from Tony Snow, who took over for... Boy, I can't even remember now. I just, I've been... Fl- Ari Fleischer? Or am I skipping like five guys there? Well, don't forget to- uh, Tony Snow, and then there was Ari Fleischer. Ari F- And then uh, Fleischer, and then somebody... No, it was it was Ari Fleischer from the beginning. Was yeah, it Ari Fleischer and then Tony Snow? Yes. Well, whatever. Yes. Um, Dana Perino looks like somebody, and I can't quite figure out who it is. Uh, she really, she really is quite hot, and I can't. I, I, it's just on the tip of my brain trying to remember exactly who she resembles. It's just, uh, it's right there, and then it fritters away. I think about Dana Perino, and then I try to imagine what it, what celebrity it is that she most resembles, and it's like I get close to the real answer. And then it vanishes, and I suddenly just see Glenn Close as Monica Rowling in season four of The Shield, and that's no good. So uh, it's not really working out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, did you guys say that strictly on the will only hire women? I want to go down I'm, there now. Okay, you're what, huh? Uh, you say that strictly on a stick, the hot dog on a stick place. Hot dog on only, a stick. Yeah, they'll only hire women. And well, I'm not. Really bizarre uniform. I am not making that allegation because, of course, I'm sure they observe all equal employment opportunity commission laws and bylaws. I'm simply saying, have you ever seen a guy working out front? Maybe they got one stashed in the back working a griddle or something. Have you no, I, ever seen a man working at Hot Dog on a Stick ever? See, I, I, I agree with you because they had them where I lived uh, when I was young, and I never did. And I always thought they were the most horrible-looking uniforms. And I think I want to make a point and go down there and demand. Demand that they hire me and let me wear the uniform. That's me. You you do that. 
<laughs> you go ahead. Uh, will, will the show back me up on this? Sure. If by back you up, you mean laugh at you. All right. You call it. Call us from call us from the mall, sir. Have a good day. All right. Yeah. Okay. Here's Tim Riley. So it must be we remember. You know what we are. We're just yeah. sort of. Um, no, we. With all the things going on in the world that really matter, we actually pick the things out that we know our listeners will enjoy. No, it's true. I mean, there, there are more pressing problems in this world. What do we choose? A story about hot dog and a stick. We are sort of a retarded maypole around which they string their little, you know, their streams of idiocy. I mean, that we real... take particular joy in picking <laughs> these out and ignoring what consultants tell us to do. I know. Well, a consultant would have us... To... What would a consultant have us talking about today? Uh, House Bill 569. Hey, Scotty, do we have the front page of the Oregonian? Do we have, like, is it in the, um, uh, you know, in the kitchen or whatever? Okay, could you bring me the front page of today's Oregonian? Doesn't have to be any of the rest. Just bring to... me the front page of the Oregonian. And the head of Alfredo Garcia. Uh, yeah, just bring that in. And uh, avoid the various presents for Sarah that are littering the floor in here. Uh, and then we'll, f- we'll find out exactly what it is we're supposed to be talking about. It's probably not a hot dog on a stick, but what are you going to do? Oh, by the way, thanks. Scotty has sent me and isolated the... Uh... Thank you. God, it's still Arrested Development. Uh, oh, then you don't need that. So welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, Scotty J, our intrepid I don't know how I Scotty found that without instructions. But Hi, Scotty. You don't need well, good anymore. morning, Barview. And that's for you, Sarah. Happy birthday. Barview. <laughs> All right. Oh, I get it. <laughs> All right. Funny let's see guy. here. Um, uh, okay. Here's what we're supposed to be talking about. According to uh, the front page of the Oregonian, therefore according to overpaid radio consultants who do nothing but come to your town, which they know nothing about, and in, in which they do not live, by the way. Radio, this is a, a maxim. Radio consultants never, ever, in my life, and I've been radio for 20 long, tedious, hellish, uh, nearly unendurable years. I have never met a radio consultant who lived in the town that he consulted, ever. It's never happened. I think maybe it happens if you live in New York or L.A., but even then, probably not. If you're in New York, they probably get an L.A. consultant or a Nashville consultant if you're in country. Um I have never had a consultant who lived in the town that he consulted. But they come in, and they look at the front page of the local paper. They watch two minutes of a morning newscast, and then they decide, by using some sort of Excel spreadsheet grid, it, what you ought to be talking about. They make lots of money. Yes, they do. Um, so, uh, let's see. Here we go. Report card offers schools lessons for improvement. Um, this is something about... Something. We talked about this yesterday, briefly. Did How we? like Oswego kids are smarter... Than other kids. Oh, we yeah. got right to the chase. Basically, that's what that's <laughs> And the rest of you are a lost cause. The rest of you are just going to end up dealing on the corner and pushing it out the back door. So just get ready for that now. Uh, and right here, shadow call uh, falls on... Shadow calls. Uh, shadows fall. Shadow... Why can See? I not talk today? You're not even interested in it. No, it's so dull. I'm falling to read too. Shadow falls on condo craze. Little uh, sort of alliteration. Oh God, that's what there. Scotty J was trying to corner me about in the kitchen this morning. <laughs> I know it's sad. Well, well, no, it, it could be good if you have lots of money and you want to. Apparently, uh, once Portland's demand appeared insatiable. Yeah, they they built all all those things in the uh, Pearl District. And now they're not selling them. They're going to rent them out, Scotty. Same thing for the yeah. seeds. Do well, you see how thing. you did that in like a sentence and a half? You didn't have to kill like a billion trees and waste a page and a half well, of newsprint on that. Did you see what was on the uh, what was on the front of the uh, of the Oregonian? I think it, I don't know if it was on the front page or it was the front of the living section. The front of the living section was a huge thing about how they've added. Yes, it's the answer to all of our prayers. They've added another comic strip. They've added some other comic strip called Cul-de-sac. Uh, and I don't mean to bust on the Oregonian because we have some good friends of ours who work there. Uh, Christy Thousands Turnquist. 
Thousands of them. Well, they need them to. They're all listening. For the addition of the comics. Most of them are lumberjacks cutting down the trees in which to print it. (laughs) We have, you know, Peter Carla works there. Christy Turnquist has written some nice things about it. She works there. But I I really do have to say, the the idea that it's a big news story, that you have added another comic strip to your already completely uninteresting and irrelevant comics page, which appears to be permanently set in 1962. Is Harry still in there? Do we have uh, the living section, Scotty? Can you find... I can you go we'll, run, find that Can you Rick? please? Not okay. that I would read them, I just I feel no, more we'll comfortable just, we'll, that High and Lois are in the newspaper. Just so you know that it's there. Yes. High and Lois is sort of like a gun in the closet. You're not going to use it, but you feel better knowing it's around. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, let's just get these calls while we're waiting for Scotty to find us the comics page. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you put me asleep there. Are you trying to be? Are you being smart, sir? Yeah, no, I, I, I really have no interest in what the Oregonian has to say. You're in, you, you, you guys really do have a finger on the pulse of uh, Portland society. Are you being sarcastic? I've never been facetious in my entire life, sir. No, I. Your I toe was, board is falling. You better redeem yourself quickly. Let's pick it up. Well, the reason why I'm calling. Be funny now. To wish. Sarah, a very happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Still not being funny. Say poltrol coles. It's okay. Scotty has been funny for you. Thank you. Bye. Scotty, that's something I'm known for. <laughs> poltrol coles. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Harrison Show. Hello. Hi, I was just calling to wish Sarah a happy birthday. Thank you. And Thank this you. is Miss Tall Portland. I am Barbara. Barbara what? You're Barbara what? Eckhart. I am Barbara Eckhart. You're Miss. M- you're Miss. Miss- Go ahead. Miss Tall Portland? Miss Tall Portland. How old are you? Uh, how old are you? How tall are you? <laughs> six foot. You're six feet tall. Uh, I'm six foot tall. I do believe it's actually six feet. I do believe that once anything, you're listing any number over one, I do believe that's plural. So oh. six feet. What celebrity would you say you most resemble uh, you? What? Was, oh, I have What was no your name idea. again? I'm sorry. I apologize. What was your name? It's Barbara. Barbara. What, Barbara, what celebrity would you say you most resemble? Carol Burnett. Now, Carol, Carol Burnett now or Carol Burnett? Now, see, I can't talk either. Date of birth, please. Carol Burnett sort of uh, in her prime? In her prime. Carol Excellent. Burnett looks better now than she did in her prime. Oh, well, that's well, unfortunate that's... for you, Barbara. <laughs> How, Sarah, did you ever think you would live long enough that the winner of Miss Tall Portland would call to wish you a happy birthday? I am very excited about Miss Tall Portland. Do you have a website we can go to? I was just going to ask that. Do you have a website? Yes, you can go to the uh, the club site, which is the Portland Skyliners for uh, tallcci.org, Tall Clubs International. Wait, so it's tci.org? Uh-huh. We're all going there right now, tci.org. Did you Let's win? Go what did, they, did they give you a prize for this? No, just uh, the honor of being Miss Paul Portland. This is taking me to a Trinity. Yeah, I'm, in a, I'm in a church. This is taking me to a, uh, a church with Barbara, a lot are of. Are you um, trying to save us? This, yeah, this is taking me to a church website <laughs> with a lot of a lot of carefully chosen multicultural um, pastiches at the top, and they're all hugging. Yeah. All right, Barbara. All right, we have we have to go. Thank you so much for your birthday greetings, Barbara. You're quite welcome. Right, Thank you, now. Barbara. Would you look up? She didn't correct herself. That's really weird. Do you think she was trying to send us the, the I think website? She I think might she have been was. trying to save our souls. <laughs> she sent us to Trinity Church International. And uh, and What was the other one that she had said? I don't know. I wasn't really listening. Um, okay. So I've got the front page of the living section here. I wonder if the... Uh, oh, this is the living section that does have the terrifying Margie Boulay column. We'll get to that. All right, Tim. Let's turn to the. Let's answer your burning question about the comics page. Thank you, Scotty. All right, Tim. Here we go. Uh-huh. I'm now going to list off. I see the family circle. <laughs> Tom, 
Don't look. Don't peek ahead. I'm now going to list off the comics they carry. This is what I'm going to do to fill like the airtime. Yes, I'm going to do this for the next 35 or 40 seconds. Now here on the Rick Emerson radio program. How could you be stopped? Using this massive technology that we, with which we uh, with which we broadcast to the people, I will now entertain tens of listeners at a time by reading to you, Are you the names of comic strips currently carried in the Oregonian. This is relatable. Everyone listening to me gets the Oregonian. I don't. I don't. Me either. I wait for Scotty to bring it in and put it on the table. <laughs> Scotty doesn't get it either. We have to steal it from upstairs. And I think that subscription is just sort of there because they keep forgetting to cancel it. All right. <clears throat> Cul-de-sac, which is the new one. Uh, Stone Soup, which sort of looks like it's a, a knockoff of uh, Luann. It looks like it's written by the guy who did that Luann comic. Uh, Adam, which is the zany adventures of a stay-at-home dad. Adam, can I just say this about the Adam comic strip in the Oregonian? It was strangely comforting to me when I was unemployed, because he's unemployed, too. Uh, Hagar the Horrible, Tim. Blondie. Ah. Right there. Not high and lowest yet, but Blondie is right gasoline there. Gasoline Alley. No, but the, the Wizard of Id is right beneath that. The Wizard of Id... Um, Some of these comics I haven't read in like 30 or 40 years. Uh, and they're unchanged. They're complete. And you got to wonder if they're rerunning old comic strips. You know what I mean? Like, just the Wizard of... Look, my grandfather read The Wizard of Id, uh -huh. because after he died, we were kind of cleaning out some of his crap, and in his workshop downstairs, we found a bunch of old Wizard of Id comics that he had cut out in, like, 1940 and tacked up. Wow. I mean, that guy can't still be coming up with new jokes in Wizard of Id. And he may have been dead for 80 years. I had a ghostwriter and drawer. He's the V.C. Andrews of yeah. the comic world. Uh, Blondie, Wizard of Id, which apparently at one point was known for its sharp political commentary and satire. Right beneath that, Pickles, which is about the old people. Pickles. Here's a fun fact about Pickles. They are Jehovah's Witnesses. If you, uh, if you watch it carefully, you'll see... I'm not making this up. You will see issues of the Watchtower on their uh, uh, their dining room table sometimes. Are there they, any Mormon comic strips? In no, no. They're not. No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and then there's that whole uh, there's that whole section of the comics page where they do just far side knockoffs. And it's a bunch of sort of rectangular comics with like one panel non sequitur things happening. Doonesbury, which I, I read Doonesbury like once every three or four years to see if I get it. And I still don't. Uh, I don't feel like I'm smart enough to get Doonesbury somehow. Ziggy, who out there wakes up in the morning and has their life made better by Ziggy? I, I really honestly, I, I, is there anybody that would notice if it was gone? Would someone complain? Yeah. Is there someone who would, dear editor, I, in an unconscionable move of unimaginable horror, you have removed Ziggy from the comics pages. Family Circus, uh, Zitz, which I guess is about the younger set, um, Dilbert. Boy, that's a comic that everybody was into for about uh, about two and a half years, and then I just quit reading one day and never thought about it again. Uh, for better or worse, for better or worse, here's the notable thing about for better or for worse: they kill they kill characters off with alarming regularity. I think they just killed a grandparent last month. If you look, I'm addressing right now fictional characters. If you are a character in for better or worse, make out your will because your time is coming. It's kind of like being a character in Lost. It's totally. You never know. No job security. Lynn Johnson's going to kill you off any day now. Uh, let's see. High and lowest, Tim, right here. Uh-huh. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Um, so, uh, what are high and lowest up to today? Here's, here's what's you happening in today's... Left. Here's what's happening. Yeah, I'm not even halfway the done. The lives of high and lowest. Here's what's happening in... Uh... Why is it that that was never made into a sitcom? I, I, don't, I don't know. Was it not made into a... Oh, Blondie was, though. Wasn't Blondie made Blondie into a... Blondie was a sitcom that only lasted a couple of episodes. That's right. In the believe. 60s. And okay. they, there were also some Blondie B-movies in the 40s. Here's what's uh, happening. With, do you remember that whole shocking storyline in the 80s when Blondie got a job? 
Oh, yeah. There was this whole controversy on the comics page in like 88, 89 when Blondie decided she had to get a job. It wasn't like a real job. I mean, like at working in a factory. It was still sort of woman's work. She was doing like catering. But Dagwood was all like... And how? And it's interesting. At least she wasn't one of those bad girls who got a job in the office. No, it's true. With her pointy bosoms. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, uh, though, to look back at, at, uh, at Blondie, which has been around forever. I mean, since the early 40s, I think. No, before that, 30s. Really? Yeah. And you think that even then, for, for, for critics of American sitcoms of today, it's interesting to think that even then, the dorky-looking guy bagged a hot babe. Because Dagwood's a freak. I mean, look at that guy. What is with his hair? He's got like the weird... room. He looks like a catfish. (laughs) Dagwood looks like a catfish. And I mean, and yet he's with this... I mean, I know that it sounds like I'm lusting after the fake... Like a a woman who is drawn into a comic strip. But Blondie is an attractive woman. I might even add she's a knockout. And then there's Dagwood, wears a bow tie, eats these weird phallic sandwiches, has catfish hair, never advances in his job... Uh, is routinely emasculated by that guy he works for, the short guy with no pupils. So it's all very confusing. Here's what's happening in High and Lois today, Tim. Okay. So um, Lois is returning or at least opting not to buy a fur coat at the department store. Oh. She's standing in front of the mirror looking downcast, wearing the fur coat in front of a mirror. The sales lady at the department store is saying to Lois, it's a faux fur. Lois says... I know. That's panel number one. The payoff comes in panel number two as Lois returns the faux fur and says, and then the word, the key word is bolded and underlined for emphasis, in case you missed the joke. Lois returns the faux fur to the cashier and says, but I can't be cruel to fake animals either. What's the next panel? <laughs> no, that's it. Oh, <laughs> no, that's it. We've paid it off, Tim. Did you know that high is short for Hiram? No. Hiram isn't spelled with an I. H-I-R-A-M. No, I'm wrong. Uh, Sally Forth, Peanuts, Non Sequitur, Luann. Luann is still around. Garfield. Boy, that's just an assembly line of a strip. Have you ever seen an interview with Jim Davis, the guy who does Garfield or who did Gar- create no. Garfield? I am sort of strangely fascinated, as you know, by assembly line art, like those V.C. Andrews novels and, you know, Go Ask Alice and all that stuff. That Jim Davis guy, I don't even think he's gone. To, I don't think he's gone to, like, the Garfield office in about 30 years. It's like he drew them and handed it over to, like, some Chinese guys who were chained to a desk somewhere. Uh, like, kind of like being, you know, being flogged in the galley of a ship. Uh, it, and that's it. That's who's making uh, Garfield now. Well, Howie and Lois are 53 years old. Mother Goose and Grimm, Baby Blues, and then you get down to comics that no one has ever heard of. I'm going to name these off, Jim. I will guarantee you've never read a single one of these strips. And this is a full third of are a comic like page. Mercury comic strips? Yes, exactly. But unintentionally so. Okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to predict, Tim, you have read none of these. Non sequitur. No. Get Fuzzy. No. Pearls Before Swine. No. Safe Havens. I think I've seen Safe Havens. Elderberries. No. Okay, there you go. Fantastic. That, that's all right. a, Are these all comics hygiene. strip calls? I'm sorry, I came down with a bad case of elderberries. I uh, I need an ointment. There you go. Five minutes of your life you will never get back. We should excerpt that and just find a consultant and send it to him. There are plenty of them unemployed. They'll be glad to take on a new station. Ask him what he thinks about it. All right. It's, uh, is this more labyrinth music? Hey, if you're going to talk about comics for eight goddamn minutes, I'm going to play some labyrinth. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. 503-733-2970. Can we read Ann Landers later? Oh, wait. We've got... 
This is really interesting. Somebody's making an observation about Blondie. Okay. Uh, we come back. We'll get your calls. Miss Tall Portland comment. Something about a stroke on the comics pages. Uh, something about uh, Sarah's birthday. And uh, more. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. If you're on hold, hang tight. It's 503-733-2970. at the post. I don't even know where the post is. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970. Solid State Radio. Right here. Damn it. the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Tim Riley is here at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, Steve Kastenbaum, James Roop, the top five, uh, Michael Ian Black and all that. Uh, let's just get this uh, couple of calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Good afternoon. A uh, couple of things regarding the comics. Yeah. You went through that whole list there on the two pages. If you also turn to page E10, <laughs> you will get Kathy and Judge Parker. Why is, why is I, Kathy I, on its own... And it's own, is that because guys can't see it without having some apoplectic fit of rage? It probably. It might be it. But at the same time, though, you've got to go back and check out Pearls Before Swine. Yeah, I just got an email from somebody. Pearls Before Swine is the best thing ever. It is. I don't know about that, but it's damn close. Read today's one, though. It is fantastic. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. How long before this pill takes effect? Oh, you just missed the greatest moment, by the way. So I, I went on drugs. Well, I, I wouldn't have thought of even taking drugs if it wasn't for Sarah's birthday. I. Uh, you want to take drugs because it's my birthday? Let's all take drugs today. Some <laughs> mini fins for all. Somebody just somebody just sent me this link, uh, which I will not give out. Don't nag me about it. Somebody just sent me this link, and it was a whole lot of um. It, it, it's a link to. Uh, you know, the mini tins, the ephedrine or whatever it is that I guess you can buy in the net now, but sort of shades of medical marijuana. I guess the deal is you can buy the stuff. I say this now probably creating a legion of drug users as I utter these words. Apparently you can buy it now online, but the deal is you got to buy it to help your asthma. You must now buy it for medicinal purposes only. And I don't know if this is one of those things where you go to the site and it's like you, you press it in some robo-dock somewhere, like in a cubicle, like said, fine, and stamps like a, a prescription for you. Um, some uh, some doctor in the Philippines, I'm sorry, in the Virgin Islands, uh, he says, sure, no problem. But apparently, apparently, I guess you buy it as a, uh, I don't know, help you breathe better, whatever now. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> well, it's having no effect. I haven't felt like flapping my wings oh, and jumping off the building. So just now... <laughs> Link letter style. Yeah. So just now, though, I went up and got some Claritin for Tim. It's the, uh, the you know the over-the-counter non-drafty Claritin, and it's the um, I forget what they call it, but you don't swallow it. You just put it under your tongue and it dissolves. And I don't know what the purpose of that is. Um, maybe it's like if you're passing out or something. But I uh, but but so I tell Tim I go yeah I think you just put it in your mouth and it dissolves. And so Tim Tim made the greatest comment. I really wish we had this on tape. Tim puts it in his mouth and Tim goes. Why these drugs taste like wonderful candy, <laughs> which is really great. I mean, but you know it's true. Oh, it is true. Drugs taste like wonderful candy. Absolutely true. Well, there's a super a super alert underway. 
not a regular alert, a super alert. Yes. Uh, there's a voluntary recall by Campbell's Soup Company of more than 72,000 cans of soup. This involves the cans of chunky baked potato and cheddar and bacon bit soup. Apparently, not all of these are bacon bits. Some of this is hard plastic. <laughs> it presents a clear choking hazard and could cause injury if swallowed. Baking, you know you're going to eat it anyway. Baking bits, seriously. Well, like you can tell the difference between bacon bits and plastic. I mean, regardless, please. Uh, the American public apparently is uh, getting smarter. They're unconvinced about the president's ability to do his job well. In a new Gallup poll, fewer than one-third of Americans approve of the president's performance in office. Let's talk about America's next top model, shall we? Yes. Yes. Another beauty has uh, been given the boot from the new ninth season of America's Next Top Model. Uh, last week, it was a 20-year-old college student, Kimberly, who was eliminated. The native of Florida says she still loves modeling and pretends to pursue her career regardless of what happened. All right. Uh, she continues. <laughs> there was supposed to be something there. Yes, regardless of what happens. Regardless of what happens. What else could you do to travel around the world and meet new people every day and get transformed with hair and makeup? And it's, it's just awesome. I could never really do, like, a 9-to-5 job. I'd, I'd always have to be traveling, meeting new people, doing something different. Well, I think I speak for everybody when I say whoring. <laughs> uh, she says having a chance to be on the show is still surreal for her. I watched the rerun of the Sunday night one of my elimination. I was like, oh, my God, I was on American Sex Pop Model. <laughs> like, it just now hit me. It was, it was such a ride. So surreal. Like, even when I saw Tyre Banks in person, I was like, I have to be watching TV right now. She needs to learn how to talk on the phone. <laughs> the key is to always get as close to the phone as possible when you're doing your interviews. I'm sorry, Sarah. I, <laughs> I forgot you're not quite deaf yet. Note how Tim didn't even flinch when I did that. Tim, Tim didn't even bat an eyelash. All right. Hey, listen to this. Law enforcement agencies across this great nation will soon have a new tool to stop the bad guys. OnStars introducing a new technology that allows the cops to slow down a stolen vehicle at the push uh, of a button. You it knew will that all was be coming. done with a controlled environment. The police will actually be looking at the vehicle and make a judgment that it's safe to slow the vehicle down. And we will literally depower the vehicle and it will coast to a stop. What? <laughs> Why, that's something I'm objecting. You knew this was coming, didn't you? There's you, more. It gets even better. You knew this was okay. What will the criminal hear when a car is taken over by law enforcement officials? We depower it, and a very nice um, woman's voice comes on inside the car and says, this vehicle is being um, slowed at the request of law enforcement. Please pull quietly over to the side of the road. They'll be with you shortly. So my guess is that would give you a pretty sinking feeling if, if you were an actual bad guy and that happened to you. How do you like that? Don't take me, bro. Don't take me. All right. Well, that's. I think we all knew that was the logical end game of uh, OnStar. That, of course, followed by self-awareness and nuclear death. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, man, that's scary. Yes. I'm going to sell you all my old cars from the 70s. Listen, there really is a Portland Skyliners, part of the tall clubs of America, and um, they, I've married a, a, a woman from there. Hello. Yes, indeed. Is this? Let's... I was in the new tall Philadelphia pageant runner-up twice back in the 80s. Wait, what's happening here? Are you? Is this? Let's stop now. <laughs> is one of these voices coming from your hand, and is it squinched up with little <laughs> eyes drawn on it? Is it well, sort of like know, a, you know, a drawing there of a have song. been those occasions. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello. Other than Polaroids. <laughs> There's the, this is uh, myself and the wife. Who's Aya? Is she prettier than me? <laughs> um, 
Sorry. Uh, Happy birthday, Sarah. Wait, everyone Thank stop talking. Much. What's happening? Is she on a different phone? Well, I'm on a portable. We have two phones. Okay. Sir, what is your name? Tom. I'm Pat. Okay, Pat. <laughs> okay. So, Pat, how tall are you? I'm five foot eleven. That is that is fairly tall. Now, did you now did he say that you were a, a competitor, a contestant, a winner in Miss Tall Portland? I was in the, the runner up. I was one of the five finalists in the Miss Tall Philadelphia pageant back it, in the eighties. Oh, Miss Tall Philadelphia. In what, what year? In the eighties, eighty three, eighty four. Is there a photograph of you available online, Pat? Not online, no. Oh, it's okay. Well, I can go probably on. send you one, though. Yeah, please do, sir. Okay. All right. Um, and, okay. Well, there we go. All right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Tom and Hi. Pat. All right. There you go. That was a little creepy. I just couldn't figure out what was going on there. I thought it was like a senior winces thing happening. I didn't know what was going on. Here's Tim Riley. Police are Richmond, Virginia, investigating macabre discovery. A brain or part of one has been found in a bag outside an apartment complex. A police spokeswoman said the brain has been sent to the medical examiner's office to determine whether it's human in origin. The brain was in a black bag found at a construction complex. Okay. Here's an email that says, Tim shouldn't take Claritin. Too late? <laughs> and then there's no additional information. That's all the subject line. Tim mustn't eat Claritin. And then it says, oh, no, in big letters. That's all. With no, no follow-up at all of any kind. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hey. Happy birthday, Sarah. Thank you, thank you. Um, Bloom County. I miss Bloom County desperately. Yes, no, it's that is that's among that's among the greatest comic strips of all time. Bloom County really is up there with uh, Calvin and Hobbes. They're sort of neck and neck uh, in my book. I was on an aircraft carrier for a couple of years, and uh, we tiled the face of Bill the Cat into the floor. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we we tiled using colored tiles, floor tiles. We tiled the face of Bill the Cat into the floor of our shop. In the i got to tell you, one of my very prized possessions, and I don't wear it all that often, is a vintage, because they don't make repros, they don't make originals, anything anymore, a vintage Bloom County shirt. And it's Bill and Opus, and it says it's a, it's a post-election shirt, and it just has Bill looking like Bill and Opus looking dumb. And it yep. says, don't blame me, I voted for Bill and Opus. And I paid a huge amount of money for that uh, when, I, when I found it because I knew that those things are impossible to locate. And I wear that every, I don't know, maybe once or twice a year. So it's just paper thin and falling apart. But, I, yeah, that's uh, it. Not as often as Scotty wears his shirts. No, no. Hey, um, one more thing. Yes, sir. Scott McClellan is the... Uh, the press secretary you were missing. Oh, Scott McClellan. That's oh, yeah. right. Okay, I forgot all about it. I don't, can't remember what he looks like. That's the guy that looks like uh, a radio sure, shark mannequin. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. Okay, I can't even picture him. All right. Oh, and uh, the reason that I have a problem with uh, Lisa Goddard's new name uh -huh. is because the last name sounds way too much like the most despised Star Wars character of all time, Jar Jar Binks. Desjardins, Jar Jar Binks. Yep. Mm, maybe we, maybe, let's not point that out to her. Okay. All right, thank you. All right, by the way, uh, hey, uh, you know, if Carl Click is listening out there, when is he on the, is he on the uh, air right now? When does he get off the air? Is he on the air until 1? I don't know. I don't right. think Carl Click, if you're listening, got to call in. Call in right now and promote your thing. K2 is having a special on meth today, so go by and ask him about it. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Is this your real voice? Yeah. Okay, what's up? I'm calling shenanigans on all these women that think they're... Miss Tall America Portland or whatever. You I grew sound up really disproportionately upset about this. Well, I grew up around a lot of tall people, and I grew up down the street from a woman that was six two, six three, and she was enormous. And my mom's six foot, 
And this woman calling in saying she's 5'11", I mean, come on. If I were you, I would go beat the crap out of her. <laughs> I would yeah. just, anyway, I'd go but, take it to her right now, sir. I also was watching, uh, I think Science HD it was the other day, and I was watching the, the tallest woman in the world, and man, she was like 7'8", I oh, think. Hold on, let me pull up a chair. This is so fascinating, I might actually collapse out of uh, sheer exuberance. All right, so she was really tall. Uh, that's about all I'm going to say about that. Hang Anyways. Up. Hang up now. Happy birthday, sir. Bye now. Thank you. Wait, I'm losing you. Go. <laughs> okay. Hello? All right. Now, that's really funny. Hello? Yeah, wait. All right. Thank you. That's nice. All right. More news with Tim Riley in just one second. Uh, let's finish out this bank of calls. Uh, this is actually a pretty natural segue. Uh, from tall women... To large women. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Happy birthday, Chef. Thank you, darling. Storm large. Hey, Storm, what's up? Oh, nothing. Um, I actually, I got cornered by a uh, gargantuan woman in an elevator one time in Portland from this society, trying to recruit me like a like a Mormon. It was really weird. You know, those people are all about recruiting. They look she, for innocent victims to recruit who's everywhere. Who's the woman who called in? She's just like. How tall are you? And she was massive. <laughs> she was massive, and she's just staring at me. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm just kind of tall. Because you know that I didn't want to talk to her. She was really scary. And somebody coming up and going like, how tall are you? Is a little off. Elevator, you know, we're by ourselves. How tall are you? I'm like, oh, you know, just kind of tall. I'm like reaching in my pocket for a set of keys to catch your eyes out. <laughs> Anything strange? That is like only one step away from there. Are you a mother size 14? You know, that's. <laughs> Yeah, seriously, it's yeah, a little, it's a little like creepy. Stoop down. She had to like like a dark crystal character. I had to kind of stoop down to talk to me. And I, yeah, it was really weird. And I was like, why do you need a club to to confirm that you're tall? I yeah. think anyone, I think that's kind of self-evident, well, you know. That is like uh, that is like as I mentioned a couple of times. So there's like a couple other guys. In North America, one is in Canada, uh, a couple other guys named Rick Emerson. And there's this one guy in the South named Rick Emerson who, I swear to Christ, is on me like white on rice to try to get us to, to create a Rick Emerson club. Like not a, not a club about the show or about him, it's just about four guys named Rick Emerson. Are and, people really that bumbly and, and disjointed, seriously? I think really it's just a, just a whole lot of nothing going on in Georgia. So I guess so, man. Yeah. The NyQuil, just the, the, the joy of NyQuil and pints and pints of ice cream, I guess kind of wears thin. Yeah, by the way, just as a side note before we wrap this up, I do want to say that we are, uh, we are coming to see Cabaret. Don't think we're not. Um, I don't know. Well, do you know when? Yeah, we talked to your guy. Well, we and were maybe going to do it today. We, but... It was supposed to be this week, but um, it, 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 we got kind of a big, a big group of people. And we didn't, you know, we don't want to impose. So we 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 talked to the guy that you referred me to, and I said, hey, when when is it going to work? So we're not unduly sort of taxing his generosity because I don't want to be I, yelled, I don't want to be I that guy. I him already. I said, you get those people in, they're my friends. It'll be uh, it'll be sometime in the near future. So we will. I will absolutely shoot you an email, let you know when we're going to be there. Definitely, definitely. And if you can stay up late, we'll go get a cocktail afterwards. Excellent. Oh yes. All right. The very tall Happy storm birthday, large. Darling. Thank you, storm. Thank you, storm. All right. Bye, All right, guys. Bye. Storm large. Stormlarge.com, ladies. Ladies and gentlemen, all right. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Well, the Radioheads could be starting a new trend with the release of their seventh album entitled In Rainbows. The London Telegraph reports artists such as Oasis are now considering offering their works to free online just as Radiohead has done. Radiohead's announcement of the plan last week made their website the most popular website in the U.K., jumping up from number 42 the week before. 
Google said web searches for radio had skyrocketed tenfold after the in- in- announcement. With CD sales plummeting, bands hope to expose more fans to the music by giving it away. You know, the interesting thing about this is, is it's going to be impossible to track how many, uh, how successful or non-successful this is for Radiohead, because obviously uh, the charts that they use to say, like, well, what's the number one what album this week? Those charts only work. You know, those charts just track things that are sold, uh, like through iTunes or at physical locations. So that's kind of a, it's a savvy sort of clever move on Radiohead's behalf in like nine different ways. Uh, because not only are they getting all this publicity, not only, they, they've already said that most of the people who go and are signing up to get this album are also buying like this $85 box set while they're there. And plus, Radiohead can just make up whatever sales figures they want because it's not going to be on the regular charts. So Radiohead can just say, yes, and we've moved 5 million copies. So it's, um, it's, it is pretty. I, whoever came up with that, I gotta tip my hat to them. It's pretty genius. Hats will be tipped. Don't read the tabloids, says Mariah Carey. Don't be obsessed with what people are saying and writing. Uh, live your life for you. Those are her words of advice for the growing number of troubled young female celebrities getting caught up in the flash bulbs of the media spotlight. The pop superstar who has weathered her own struggles in the public eye tells Glamour magazine that being very centered. And knowing where you are spiritually at all times will keep you on the right path. She says, my life has changed since making it. It's not a financial struggle, but I'm still struggling in a lot of ways. Uh-huh. He graces the cover of the November issue of Glamour magazine. Find it at your newsstand today. Well, the Russian serial killer says murder is like love. The Russian man accused of murdering 49 people is asking a court to add another 11 victims to his tally, if they would. <laughs> and told mind. the jury that when he first strangled a man, it was like falling in love again. Alexander Pakushkin, who's 33 and a supermarket worker, has been branded the chessboard murderer by Russian newspapers because he hoped to put a coin on every square of a 64-piece chessboard for each murder. Okay, see, that's a guy who's, he's forward-thinking. He's trying to, you know, but no, he wasn't able to do it, though, was he? No. All right, see, the serial killers, they always have some grand scheme, and it always falls apart before they can finish it. Uh, see, also, uh, that... Uh, what is that movie with Kevin Klein, The January Man or something? Um, the, uh, the serial killers always have... I, that's a guy who, you know what he's doing? He's doing what the people in the marketing business, what Susan Reynolds would call brand building. He's, he's got a goal, he's got a brand, he's got an image, and he's out there trying to, uh, trying to fulfill it every day. Did you see how he killed people? I'm looking here. I've got it right here. He killed 40 of his... Wait, hold on. How many people did he kill? Oh, he lured most of his victims to secluded parts of Moscow's uh, something or other park, then plied them with vodka like that was difficult, and then smashed their <laughs> skulls with a hammer. Oh. Other victims are strangled, drowned in a sewage pit, that's... or thrown off balconies. Right there. That's the one I seized on. He killed... So it's like multiple choice. This has to be, this has to be uh, incorrect. Does it say how many total people he killed? I'm looking here. As many as 52 people. Oh, no, that's a different one. It's a very, it's, this is written in like, you know, that weird Cyrillic gibberish that they, that, that they use, those people use over there. Okay, he's been charged with 49 murders and three attempted murders, so he didn't get everybody. Well, he is, well, how many and squares? And he's limited to 11 others, so that's... Uh, how many squares are on a chessboard, though? I don't know, I don't play the game. I think it's uh, 32, I think it might be 48. There might be 48 squares a Russian on a chessboard. chessboard might be different than ours. Russian chessboard. Um, the I should make some joke there, but I, I'm really lacking it. I'm, I don't have the chess acumen to make a joke. Um, he killed about 40 of his first victims. This says by that that number has to be wrong. But listen to this by throw, possible. throwing them into a sewage pit. Uh-huh. And then the guy who emailed this to me says, "What kind of sewage pits do they have in Russia that you can die from being thrown into?" 
Well, I, why wouldn't you? I, well, I would imagine the sewage pits in Russia are perhaps going to be a little larger than those here in the West. You know, like maybe the size of a whole town or something. What, what should we do with, you know, Nanistan? I don't know. Let's make it a sewage pit. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So that's that. Oh, listen to this. The makers of Coors and Miller Lite plan to combine their operations in an effort to compete better against industry leader Anheuser-Busch. The joint venture will be known as Miller Coors and will have responsibility for selling brands including Miller Lite, Miller, Gen- uh, Miller Genuine Draft, Coors, Coors Lite, and Molson Canadian in the U.S. Anheuser-Busch accounts for about half the U.S. market with brands such as Budweiser, Michelob, and Bud Light. So this, uh, okay, this company will have a 58% economic interest in the venture of uh, Molson Coors Brewing Company, whatever that means. So uh, I guess they're going at it together, but they won't change the brand names yet. So that's that. Uh, what else do we have here? I already said that. Oh, uh, Governor, uh, remember the uh, governor that we used to have? That's an allergy medication treating you there. It's really kicking in. Do you, at this do, you, do you feel more or less alert and with it than you did, say, 20 minutes ago? Uh, perhaps a little more lethargic. <laughs> really? Yeah. Now, it is the not. Sarah will back me up on this. It is the non-drowsy Claritin. I'm not drowsy. It's I just true. don't care. <laughs> Well, I quit caring years ago. I really haven't cared. I mean, probably the last time I cared was before the turn of the century. So now you're just falling into line with the rest of us. Well, let me tell you about these uh, large lizards that are terrorizing a Florida neighborhood. Yes, a large lizard capable of eating small pets and injuring children has been spotted in the central Florida neighborhood. And it's in the tree, but it remains on the loose. It's keeping homeowners on edge. The lizard, believed to be longer than four feet tall, was spotted apparently trying to get to a nest in a tree. Oh, now, there are at least three dangerous lizards, such as this, roaming the neighborhood. As I walk around, they're now looking down at us from the trees. <laughs> why, why? What a place to live. An 89-year-old woman has shut herself inside her home because of the lizard invasion. She won't come out. They told her to stay inside, and that's what she's going to do. Well, isn't that just sensible advice Children in Florida, are being anyway. kept inside. The reptile is being blamed for biting a dog on the head. It's probably not a good thing to have them running around. Any place where you're in the neighborhood. walking around and there are lizards looking down at you from trees, licking their lips hungrily and waiting to take a bite out of your spine is probably a state you want to move from. The experts warn lizards can be aggressive and dangerous. They think the, lo- uh, the loose lizards may have been somebody's pet who was... And they were let loose. Do you know it's really tempting to find some tongue twister to have you read right now, just to find a Sally Cell C cells, you know, by the, that, you know, one of the. Sure, I I'd like one of those. <laughs> by the way, did you see the um, the criteria for judging uh, Ms. Tall Portland? I did not know. Okay, this is from the this is from, this is from um, our friend Aram who found this and isolated this section of the webpage. This is the criteria for judging Ms. Tall Portland. We had um, Barbara calling earlier, and she was apparently the victor. There's a photo of here of her here that she sent to us. Okay, here are the criteria for Ms. Uh, tall Portland. And it's three categories with then subpoints under each category. Category one, shape of legs. And the, the subpoints are sturdiness. 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 Hardiness you, of legs. You're a very sturdy looking woman. I like that. How do you judge the sturdiness? Would you throw something heavy at her and see if she falls over? How do you judge the sturdiness of someone's legs? Um, muscle appeal. Dimples. People don't have dimpled legs. I guess they've dimpled knees, maybe. Does anybody have dimpled knees? I don't have dimpled knees. I think that's I would hope not. to ask. I, well, I, just, I don't know. That sounds like something the madman would ask the secretary. <laughs> hey, sweet thing, let me see the knee dimples. Get me, get me a grasshopper. All right. Have you, have you watched last week's yet? I have. Okay, is it good? Excellent. Okay, I'm going to watch it tonight because I didn't want to watch it and be interrupted because I was busy, you know, busy spending 90 minutes of my goddamn life trying to get my computer to work correctly. 
which was a completely pointless task, by the way. That was just a just a Faustian bargain with myself. I'll trade away hours of my life, but surely my Windows XP will work flawlessly at the end of the night. Yeah. Well, in any event. So I'm going to watch that tonight, though. Okay, so shape of legs, uh, that is sturdiness, muscle appeal, and dimples. Second category by which they judge Miss Tall Portland. Personality. What do you suppose, what do you suppose the three traits, how do you suppose they, they break out personality here? What do you suppose the three subsets for personality are? Give us one and we'll try and get to the two. Amicable. Amicable is sort of like when you say a girl sort of nice. Well, she's a sweet spirit. Um, Amicable. Effervescence. You wanted us to guess these? (laughs) Yeah, you were never going to guess them. And finally, you'll guess the final one, Sarah. Sexy. Sexy. Um, Let's see. And finally, I swear to God, this is the final thing by which they judge. I'm not making this up. Miss Tall Portland. The third category is... It's not enough that they're judging the sturdiness of your legs. The third category is overall structure. It's like they're judging the timber of your spine. (laughs) It's like the beauty pageant from that episode of Futurama. Seriously, that's exactly what I was thinking. Miss Universe or what? What Miss Galaxy? Yeah, it really is like you're judging like that T that T X or whatever her name was in Terminator Three. Structure, which is defined as tendon tension. Curvaceous calves. You know, am I the one? Am I the only one who finds the word calves as it relates to your legs to be kind of off-putting? Well, it sounds like something from a 4-H club. Yeah, really, it's C-A-L-V-E-S. I find the word calves. I'm a real calves man. To be, I and, and finally, I should tell this to Roop because Roop has always been up front about that he's a real. He's a guy's really into legs. Structure, uh, overall structure, tendon tension, curvaceous calves, and limb flexibility. So there you go. This sounds like a, uh, no offense, uh, Barb and what husband of Barb, this sounds like a real fetish convention, is what this sounds like. This sounds like a, a whole lot of, uh, sounds like a, a whole lot of let's get together and ogle some Amazons. All right. Uh, Rick, did you know that people that have ADD love ephedrine because it clears your mind down and allows you to focus? Uh, Adderall, which I've heard great things about, by the way, is just a straight amphetamine that is prescribed for ADD. For the longest time, I self-medicated on caffeine and ephedrine products, and I finally went to the doctor after ephedrine went off the market. I think the reason you have such a clear memory of your first experience with ephedrine is because it finally calmed down your ADD. Just a thought. Probably. And that is from, um, well, I probably shouldn't say who that's from. It's from somebody we know. Phoebe. Yes. (laughs) Are girls named Phoebe anymore? Or phobe, as I called it when I was a kid. I like that phobe, Kate. She's got a great rack. Uh, let's do this. And then uh, one more from Tim, and then we'll talk to Steve Castor. Hi, you're, hi, you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello, Phoebe. Hi. Phoebe? That is might the... have been Phoebe hanging up. Phoebe? 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 The hideous Dr. Phoebe. Hello. What's going on? Hello. Hi. Hello? Oh, I'm not Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> that made the whole thing worthwhile. Yes, hello. Yeah, I was uh, sitting here playing uh, chess with myself, smeared in baby oil, and I counted the spaces for you. There's 64 on the board. Okay, A. Okay, never mind. Uh, thanks. Thank what was your name, sir? Uh, I'm not going to tell you now. Dwight? What was your name, Dwight? Yeah, that's it. All right. Thank you, Dwight. Close enough. Happy birthday, Sarah. Thank, thank you. you. Was, was, the baby, was the baby oil just because of Sarah's birthday? Well, and I'm, I'm eating a granola bar, too. 
Now, let me ask you this. Of all of these things, playing chess with yourself, covered in baby oil, and eating a granola bar, which of those are true? Uh, earlier I did it. Okay, we have to go now. Bye now. Yeah, yeah okay. Oh, it's Jim Roop. I didn't realize it was. It's not. Um, it is not Steve Kastenbaum. It's Jim Roop. Is that true? All right. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, I'm sorry. It is Steve Kastenbaum. Well, yeah. Okay. It? No. I'm. No. I'm. I was right about that the first time. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Steve Kastenbaum joining us now on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why? Hello, Steve Kastenbaum. How are you, sir? A little under the weather today. I think this is the first time I've been on your show where I'm feeling uh, not not 100 percent. Not feeling 100 percent. Yeah. And uh, and as uh, as what's his name, John? Uh, how what the hell was that guy's name in the Reservoir Dogs? Blah blah blah. Tierney. Joe. They called him. Should I have my head examined going forward? I'm not 100 <laughs> um, percent. That's okay. You know, Tim Riley's feeling a little under the weather, and we gave him some mystery drugs that I found in the drawer of my desk upstairs, and we're waiting to see if he I don't know grows a set of horns or something. So it's okay. What kind of uh, what sort of under the weather is this? A little bit of a headache, a slight sore throat from the allergies, you know, and just feeling slightly clammy. You know, you know that general malaise you can get sometimes. General flu-like symptoms. Yeah, but definitely not to the point where I've got the flu. You know, the, you know the best thing about all of this is that flu-like symptoms can indicate about seven hundred different diseases. Right. You could just be getting eczema for all we know. You know, or or it could be a tumor the size of a grapefruit growing inside one of your lungs as we speak. Yeah. What you shouldn't do is sit there and think uh, all day about the amount of time you spend with a cell phone pressed to your head. Don't think about that. <laughs> Don't think about the fact that you're surrounded by radio equipment filling the air with invisible waves that penetrate all of your cellular structures, passing through your membranes like uh, like so many passing things. Oh, we get the phone calls from the people who tell us, you know, to stop controlling them through the radio, you know, those folks who, who feel like... We have some sort of receiver implanted in their brains. Well, that is really true, though, isn't it? I mean, you can be honest with me. <laughs> we used to get... A, we have never actually, I think, at this station and for this show, I don't think we've ever gotten one of the people who thinks that we are sending them secret messages. But I did work with um, a country morning show a few years ago, and there was a guy who would show up in the lobby every now and again, and he didn't have just the we're sending secret messages into his brain. His whole thing was that... His claim was that when he was sitting at home alone, he would be singing along with, you know, a Garth Brooks song or whatever. And he would claim that as he sang along at home, his voice would come booming out of the radio. And so, therefore, they had secretly implanted a microphone in one of his molars. Uh, and then a transmitter had been hidden in the back of his head and was beaming his voice to the station, into the board, back to the transmitter, and then back out of his speakers, which really is kind of impressive in its sort of internal structure. You know, he had it all, he had it all figured out. There was a sort of internal consistency and logic to it. Pretty amazing. When I used to do production work at the all-news radio station uh, here in New York, I used to get a phone call at night from a guy who swore we controlled the weather, and he kept asking us to change the weather forecast so it would be nicer outside. Were you ever tempted just to go, well, okay, I'll take a I'll look into it, sir? Uh, I might have. I can't remember. I worked there. At the time, I was pretty young. I was in my young 20s, so I might have actually, yeah, had a little fun with it. You me. should have told him that you had a lot of weather requests that night, and, I mean, you were going to try. <laughs> just do what I would do when they would call, what Tim did, you know, when they would call with music requests. Just go, hey, I'll try to get that on for you, pal. Thanks so much for listening to K-Rock. All right. Thanks, baby. Yeah, I've, I've got some requests. For fog and drizzle, I'll see if I can fit you in though tonight. Yeah, yeah we. 
Um, but speaking of radio, before we talk about this uh, Marion Jones thing, so uh, R&R Magazine, uh, via their website, has reported, I don't know if you've heard about this, uh, I don't know a whole lot about this story. Tim has kind of got the breaking news over there, but it, R&R apparently is reporting that um, some, uh, what they are describing as uh, black activist groups, is that right, Tim? Am I using Journalist groups. Black journalist groups are, quote, uh, mobilizing to halt IMS's return to the airwaves. You heard anything about that? No, I'll have to look into that. That was on R&R's uh, website. Uh, I believe so. I think it is just now kind of coming across, as they say. So I think we all sort of you know, knew that that was inevitable. But, hey, uh, thanks for pointing that out. That's actually something I need to look into. Yeah, so there you go. Hey, you know, the Rick Emerson show just, just takes, or we give. And it's I appreciate a, it's it. It's a two-way street here. We're not just a, you know, we're not just some sort of auditory succubus that comes and manip- you know, <laughs> uses you for your news and then casts you aside like a journalistic husk. Uh, all right. Uh, so let's talk about Marion Jones. Now, Marion Jones, is this the 2000 Olympics that we're talking about here? Right. Uh, and they had, I think we've talked about this before, that they actually flat out said, like, I didn't take steroids. There's no evidence up yours. I never did it. Right. And now, now she's sort of reversing all of that and is either handing or has already uh, handed over her stuff again, right? Yeah, her attorneys delivered her three gold medals and two bronze medals to the U.S. Olympic Committee in Colorado and uh, she's been stripped of the honor. She said she hopes that the uh, record books reflect uh, the fact that the other people who came in second and third place, that that they win these competitions now and that they're acknowledged as the winners. So imagine that. Seven years ago you, you came in uh, second or third, and uh, you're, you're told now, seven years later, that uh, all of a sudden you're the gold medalist for uh, a certain event. It's just weird. Well, and there's whole. This is a separate issue, but there's that uh, business still going on with what's his name with Landis and the Tour de France, right? Where they, uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 I think the French are still insisting that he was doped up when he did it, and he's, he claims that he's uh, that he's not. And it does seem like, I mean, did they just not test her in 2000, or did they test her incorrectly, or? I mean, how, how is it that this is only being found out now? She had a couple of um, of negative tests and then a positive one, so she was able to uh, deflect the the controversy for a while, and then uh, finally the evidence was just overwhelming because uh, her coach is going on trial for giving steroids to athletes, not just to her but other athletes as well. So the evidence was just really building up against her, and she finally had to uh, tur- uh, change her story, and uh, she went into court and admitted that she had lied to federal investigators about having taken steroids. And from 1999 to 2001, she said she actually did take the substance. At first, she thought that uh, it was flaxseed oil because that's what her coach said it was. And then it turned out not to be. All right. And by the way, just we have a few details about this from uh, R&R Magazine. Okay. Uh, they have said, uh, apparently, this is by Jeffrey York, says, the uh, National Association of Black Journalists uh, wishes to derail the return of Don Imus, uh, who they refer to here as a 65-year-old talk show host. I see the age shaving has already begun. Um, quote, the NAB, uh, the NA. I was going to say the national, uh, never mind, the NABJ remains outraged after the racially inflammatory insults made by Don Imus last spring. To put him back on the air makes light of his serious and offensive racial remarks uh, that are still ringing in the ears of people all over the country, says uh, some guy. Oh, says the, says NABJ president, uh, Barbara Ciara. 
I'll have to call her. So there you go. So a little tip from me to you, my friend. Thank you. I will uh, look into that right, All right away. I have, I have this to say. Three yes. words. Claritin non-drowsy. That's going to oh. be your best friend. I, if I were you, I'd be loading up on that right about now. Claritin D works really well for me. Now, is that the same? Now, is Claritin D over-the-counter or is that prescription? It's over-the-counter. I don't know what the difference is between them. You go into the medicine aisle and, and you see Claritin, Claritin D, and then another Claritin. And but but when you look at the boxes, they all claim to do the same thing. I got to tell you, do you feel like this sometimes that when you, you are in that circumstance? And this happens to me with, and not just Claritin, but anything like Alka Seltzer or uh, like shaving cream or just anything in this sort of toiletries or co- you know the toiletry, cosmetic, the uh, uh, medicines, anything in that section. And you sort of look at like anything that goes on your skin or in your body. You're looking at that stuff and you're going. Okay, well, I've got, like, this Barbasol 9 or this Barbasol, like, sensitive skin or the Barbasol aloe. And then you start to get that sort of flash forward to what it's going to be like when you're about 80 years old and you can't really figure out how to operate the toaster anymore. Every now and again, and this happened to me just the other day. I was in one of the production rooms here, and I was trying to operate the CD player, and I actually had to stop and stare at it for a second and try to figure out exactly where, like, the the, the open button was. Oh. I hate that. I have that problem when I when I use a rental car. Yeah. When I go away on vacation. I have no idea how to operate the stereo if it's a different make, uh, uh, you know, car than the one I own. Because the stereo in a car, especially the stereo in a car, and especially anything you have that that has the ability uh, to to blink twelve noon repeatedly, <laughs> those are the sort of actuarial canaries in the coal mine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. When you you know, if I go to your house and there's something that's just repeatedly blinking twelve, I know that your brain has started to flake away into nothingness. So I keep a close eye on myself with that sort of a thing. So just uh, I would say the Claritin non-drowsy. Although as I noted earlier, you will observe that on Claritin non-drowsy. The first warning is may cause drowsiness. So, Great. All right. Steve Kastenbaum, feel better, my friend. Thanks a lot. Seeing on radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Fantastic. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up. Um, I think I might read this Marky Boulay column right here, and I never, ever, 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 ever thought I would say that. Uh, so I think we'll do that. Uh, before we do anything, let me just finish this cup of coffee. Is it 1.30 already? It really is. No, I did not. <laughs> I actually bought this for my dad once. I love this. It's an enormous. Oh, it's like the biggest control. remote control in the world. It's like a foot by six inches. Oh, but it's one of the universal ones too. So you, so you can, can use, use it to run everything. everything. Excellent. Thank uh, you, whoever you are. Scotty didn't tell me. You lose your remote control a lot. No, but I just got one of those crappy like twenty-five dollar DVD. Um, players from Fred Meyer. You know, you can... That comes uh, with like a teeny little tiny remote. So. You, uh, you know, you can probably... Uh, well, your TiVo remote might not work on that. But, you know, that TiVo remote can be programmed to run almost anything in your house. Oh. It runs my stereo. Uh, I like and the my big television. one, though. Yeah, it's huge. Uh, let's see here. Well, let's get this, and then I'll read the Marky Boulay thing, then we'll break. Oh, we got Tim Riley coming up. Top five songs from the week Sarah Dillon was conceived. Michael Ian Black coming up later on. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hey. Boy, everybody's really awake today. What's up? <laughs> I'm not trying to bust your chops, sir. I'm just saying everybody is either everybody is either way too awake or, or, or very, very sedated today. And you are falling into the latter category. How can I help you, my friend? Uh, I was just wondering why Sarah's not down in Thunderbird. 
Uh, because Sarah is the board operator for today's program. She is the operator on duty. She is signing uh, the uh, the log here, uh, and so she, according to the Federal Communications oh. Commission, to which uh, you know, which we are to which we are beholden, she's the licensed operator on duty, and as such, may not consume alcohol or other intoxicating substances between the hours of uh, 11 and 3. Plus, I don't want to have my night be done by the time it's like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> well, she doesn't want to pee herself and fall asleep in a hallway. Oh, jeez. Yeah. She would be sedated then. Yes. Uh, but it's okay for Scotty? Oh, yeah. Scotty's not in charge of anything. Oh, cool. Scotty. All right. I'll just wonder. Scotty's in charge of show. two things, and the first one is Jack. <laughs> All right. Happy birthday, Sarah. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye, Bye now. All right. There you go. Uh, let me read this Margie Boulay column. I still can't believe that, that that phrase coming out of my mouth just feels, it's just, it's really unnatural. It's like a, it's like a square peg and a, a thing that's not square. All right, so this is from the Oregonian. Several people sent this to me. Let me just, I don't think that's the music I was looking for. Oh, let me, let me just, um, no, no, that's not it either. I, I do find that amusing, though. Uh, let's see, where, V Drive, MP3, Rick Emerson. The hell is that music that uh, the tin gave me? The uh, kind of oh, here we go. All right, I don't know how long this is, but all right, this is from today's Oregonian. That's it. This is it. Yeah, this is from uh, Margie Boulay's column today. Jeff Romfo was asleep the night of June seventh when he was awakened suddenly and felt something on his leg. I didn't pay any attention to it, he says. Always a shrewd maneuver, Jeff. He got up and used the restroom. When I was washing my hands, I saw a big red spot on my left leg below the knee. Jeff thought he might have been bitten by a spider. It didn't faze me. I'd been bitten before. I just went back to bed. When he woke up in the morning, the bump was a red welt. It started changing colors, turning purple. Jeff wore shorts to work that day. It was casual week, he said. <laughs> it was casual week, he explained. People kept noticing his leg. The following day, his foot began to swell. His supervisor suggested he go to an emergency room. He was sent home with steroids and antibiotics. Hours. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, no. Oh, I can play you of... something from Labyrinth if you'd like. Well, for the love of God, it was just playing. Oh, Jesus God. Hold on a second. Oh, thank you. Is this instrumental? Yeah. Or is this going to become chanty? This is instrumental. Okay. It's called Into the Labyrinth. David Bowie's not going to start singing Higgledy Piggledy or whatever? All right. Okay. His supervisor, this sounds like, this This is like the recreation music on an America's Most Wanted. You know, he went to the storage facility that night. He wasn't alone. With him was the body of his ex-wife, now cut up into three different trash cans. All right. <clears throat> Sorry. Jeff's supervisor suggested he go to an emergency room. He was sent home with steroids and antibiotics. Hours later, he said, I couldn't breathe. He returned to the hospital. They kept me all night and ran all kinds of tests. By this time, the sight on his leg was blistering over. There were two holes. The doctor said, this looks like a hobo spider bite. His house, he realized, had been overrun with spiders since May. There was a house just south of me in southeast Portland, he said. After that, I started having all these spiders. By late July, Jeff was still experiencing severe physical problems. In fact, they were getting worse. 
I started having trouble under my upper abdomen. I was having trouble breathing. I was taking Vicodin for the pain. It was unbearable. Jeff was in and out of the hospital. They did all these tests, still trying to determine if it was a spider bite. The ulcerated wound was not healing. Several experts told Jeff that his problems were from a spider bite. It's because there was so much venom and I didn't go to the doctor fast enough. Surgery was scheduled to remove his blistered gallbladder. Three days before I went into surgery, I woke up and had been bitten again on my neck, he said. He went to a doctor immediately and got more antibiotics. It was ulcerated, just like my leg. Jeff, okay, this is really, really ratchets up here. Jeff had been buying hobo spider traps all summer. They came four to a package, and they were filling up in about four days. Oh, my God. The spiders were everywhere, Jeff says. A few days after Jeff's surgery, he saw a spider walk up from under his sofa. Another crawled up his leg as he showered. I washed it down the drain. I didn't want that thing near me. Where does he live? Southeast Portland. Oh. He called an extermination service, which sprayed his home. He's seen four spiders since the exterminator seen visit. Them? Jeff's gallbladder is gone, but his leg wound has finally healed. He's convinced his health problems were the revolt, result of hobo spider bites. He's examined the spiders he killed, and they look like hobo spider photos. Also, he's pr this is like a triumphant ending. And so I say to you as Americans, I am the president. Sorry. His property is covered with distinctive webs made by hobo spiders. The webs are thick, like cotton candy, he says, and they have a hole in them where the spider hides. Hobo spider bites cause the kind of necrotic or rotting flesh wounds that Jeff experienced. The end. There you go. Fantastic. Beautiful. That's wonderful. Beautiful. What's the guy's name in the American president? That's the only thing that kept that from being perfect right there. What Michael is his name? Coleman? No, 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 no. Michael Douglas. When he says, my name's so-and-so, and I am the president. Oh. That's the only thing that would have made that little reference better. I thought you were talking about a different movie. What movie would I have been talking about? Less than an hour. Thanks. All right. Back after this, the Rick Emerson show. The spiders have gone to a Ren fair. Like goblin tap dancing. This part used to scare me when I was younger. It sounds pretty terrifying. It's building. It's not the music, it's the little. What's the name of this Labyrinth song, Sarah? Why, Rick, I'm so glad you asked. This is track five on the Labyrinth original motion picture soundtrack, and it's called Chili Down. I see. What happens to what uh, is... I can't talk today. I think uh, Tim's uh, drugged up state is, is catching over here. <laughs> uh, it, what is happening in the movie? This, this part's a little scary because it's these creatures that they encountered that can take off their heads and their body parts and throw them around, and then they attack her and they try to take off her head. Oh, that is kind of, that is kind yeah. of messed up, actually. Okay. Fair enough. It is Sarah Dillon's 27th birthday, by the way, as she bids farewell to the age of 26. Why don't we throw this over to here, and I'll just give you a little bit of, uh, we'll see what Charlie Daniels has to say about that. Oh, oh come on. 
This is just so you can play more Labyrinth. Well, I know. You're stepping over the chorus. I'm sorry. Are you ready? All right. Let's try this again. Oh, come on! <laughs> All right. I'm just going to close this and reopen Windows it. Windows is great, isn't it? <laughs> you shut up? So you got me that special ding for my birthday? Thank yes. you. <laughs> I bought you the Windows default error noise. I know. I shouldn't have. All right. Let's... Try this again, shall we? See if I can uh, get something to open here, for the love of God. Well, it's going to be completely pointless now. It's going to be anticlimactic. All right, here we go. I used to have to play this song. Uh, yeah. When I was young, I had no change to find me, just a guitar and root. Emptied every bottle and a port I never missed. I had bloodshot eyes at 25. Or was it 26? Yeah! <laughs> Didn't seem to matter. I'm in my late 20s now. The price I had to pay. Cause anything worth having is not just losing anyway. He lived hard. Prince <laughs> Worry. Thought I would die at 25, or was it 26? Those two years run together like a whiskey over ice. Melting in the memories like somebody else. Remind you of anybody you know, Sarah? <laughs> Don't know, Rick. I'm glad to say I've come around, but if I could have one. I'd like to do the try at 25, or was it 26? And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. I haven't seen so many toys since the toy drives we used to have. I know, really. I don't think any... I'm not Maybe complaining. you keep just one and give the rest to unfortunate children. Give the rest of your labyrinth toys to the poor, Sarah. I helped the children today. Maybe you should help the children oh, today. Oh, you've taken more money than given. It's <laughs> true. You've no. taken more than you've given. <laughs> uh, I used to have to play that Charlie Daniels song. It, oh. it came out in like 89, I think. And I just we worked in country overnight where it's like 3 in the morning and you're just depressed and hating your life anyway. Three more hours to go. <laughs> and it's only Monday. <laughs> no, he's just... And he's just sitting... That whole, that whole record is just nothing but like hang yourself in the closet... Uh, country depresso anthems so anyway so there you go here's tim riley who could be so cruel a dog owner nabs her dog napper beaverton police have arrested the guy accused of stealing a purebred pomeranian puppy and cutting its tail to make it look different oh really uh-huh this guy is going to go straight to hell oh he should it be beaten it can be no he did it uh christy st Clair and her dog Allegedly. riley <laughs> her dog riley have been reunited uh, St. Clair posted flyers offering $300 a reward for re- returning that dog. And as she's putting these posters up, this guy walks by with her dog. Are you kidding me? No. She found the man walking by Moranian similar to Riley a few days later and confronted him. 22-year-old Daniel Edwards Labosse claimed the dog was his and he had papers to prove it. Well, he didn't. He was uh, disguised. He had new tags, a new face, a new leash, a new collar, and sweater. The only thing I recognized was Riley's face. Aww. Aww. Well, Edwards Labosse has been taken into custody. Or he will be beaten. First-degree theft 
And police say he's also wanted in California on embezzlement charges. All right. You'll get Riley has been returned to his loving home. Get what's coming There's to you. A picture of Riley. Who uh, could steal a uh, Riley? People burn in hell for doing stuff like that. <laughs> That's after the beating. That's it. It's uh, time for Britney Watch. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me. Uh, now, that, now that the computer has decided to cooperate again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we now present, courtesy of the good uh, guys in Nickel Arcade, our brand new exciting Britney Watch theme here on the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> it is National Support Britney Spears Day. Yes. Well, we're doing our part. That's the greatest birthday present. Calling all Brit fans. Britney supporters have decided to dub today National Support Britney Spears Day. You're asked to show your love by buying the non-digital version of Give Me More in stores. Really? Not going to happen. They might buy it online. Then uh, buying the single and videos of Give Me More on iTunes. That's more like it. Rhapsody and Napster. Voting uh, in the so-called official Gimme More video, so it'll reach number one on MTV's TRL. Do VH1's people still watch V-spot. that? I watch a V-Spot. I don't even know. I, I thought, thought TRL didn't exist down. anymore. I thought that TRL had changed its name to something new. I thought it was that U, UTV or YouTube or oh, whatever, but it was sure. like Y-O-U. All right. I always watch a VH1 countdown, though. Uh, here's something. Request Gimme More on the radio as often as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right <laughs> on call. Sure. No, these people living back in the 70s. Uh, visiting Britney Spears' MySpace page as often as possible and sending her lots of love. Creepy. <laughs> lots of what? Love. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, telling DJs to play Give Me More at clubs. Uh-huh. So they're hoping that you do that. The, there's nothing. And look, you know, we all love radio, which is why we work here. We all love music and so forth. But I do have to say in 2007, and you'll see this every now and again, if you go to a band's page, there is nothing sadder than going to a band's page and they have all of the phone numbers for, like, all the request lines of radio stations around the country. Call the DJs and demand that they play our song. And you just want to send them an email. Uh, just... There haven't been DJs in ten years. <laughs> There's no one there. There's no one there. And the person there is simultaneously running four different stations. Recorded three weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah, whoever is answering the phone at the rock station, first of all, is probably just some hourly turnkey uh, who's being paid slave wages to sit there and make sure that the voice tracking plays correctly. Yeah. And he's doing it simultaneously for the rock station, the AC station, the country station, the AAA station, the urban station, the churban station, uh, uh, you know, and, and then the, uh, you know, the news talk across the hall. He doesn't give a monkey's rear end. <laughs> no, he does not. Does not give a rodent's rump about what you want to hear. None of, no one does. No one, I can't, I mean, I know, I, I'll take it back. You know, I know that kink, I think. I think Kink takes and plays requests no. because unless they just set it up for my benefit. Because I was actually there one time and somebody did during their all request lunch hour. But I mean, certainly a station that targets young people like this, any station that is targeting uh, the Britney Spears demo. Well, this is a good question, actually. At the risk of, and I know that people think that we're doing too much Britney talk, but I'm telling you, you know what? You know what it is? Coming. No, you know what it is. Here's the thing: all of this Britney talk, a because she is still a big star, b. Uh, because it is National Support Britney Day. It's good for you. And, and, and yes, it whitens your teeth. And see, you know what this is like. 
this is like getting to a show kind of early, even though you don't really like the opening act, because you want to be there when the headliner comes on stage, and it's general admission, so you got to get there early so you can get a good seat. We're just here warming the seat for when she dies in a few in a few months. I mean, that really is what it's all about. We're just here so that we can already have a rolling start for when they find her in a puddle of her own sputum. Mm-hmm. Um, what was my point? Da-da-da-da-da, Britney Spears. Who do you suppose the target demo is for her music? Is it still... I mean, are they trying oh, to age question, her appeal? Are, hmm. Is Britney Spears now, are they trying to have her appeal to people that is like Sarah's age or older? 18 to 49. Maybe. 25 to 54. I mean, are they trying to make her more of a club artist now? Oh, that could, I think um, so. Because I think. they can't possibly still be trying to target 15-year-olds with her. Because no. I don't even know what I don't even know what young people. And I'm really I know that this sounds pathetic, but I really have no idea what teenagers listen to now. Which is fine. It would be a little weird if I had some strange grasp. That would make me some Lou Pearlman guy who's sitting in the car with duct tape and a bag of candy. Uh, but what do you like? What what does a 14-year-old listen to now? I don't like know. Rihanna? Is that, I mean... I don't know. I, I have no idea. I just, and I guess it's not really important, so you don't really, if you know, you don't really need to call. But I do wonder who Britney Spears is really designed for at this point. Oh, or I if, see. Or if there even is anybody. In other words, do you suppose she's at that weird place where there just is no target demographic for her? I would say early 20s girls who still... Um... You know, when they were young, they were super fans of hers, and now they're kind of going, like, they're all, you know, bleaching their hair blonde and going and tanning and going to clubs and stuff. So might it be a sort of much poppier version of you? Because how old were you when Britney Spears was, was really big, like when Baby One More Time came out? That was like 98, right? So you would have been like... I, I was a senior in high school. Senior in high school. Uh, so maybe you or maybe uh, your younger sister, if you were pop fans, maybe, maybe... So, oh, I don't know. I, don't I feel like know. it would be too young for you. Like you would, you would associate that with music from your high school, and you're not old enough to be really on the whole nostalgia trip. But you're not young enough to really like straight out pop anymore. So I just feel like they're in this really horrible place with her, because who are the other big acts from that time? And Justin Timberlake's solo career, notwithstanding, are any of them still around? Is there any contemporary of Britney Spears that is still really having big hits with their music? Oh. Because we all know Christina Aguilera, but that's just because she's pregnant and she's posing for everything. Yeah. I mean, is there anybody but Justin Timberlake uh, that is actually still successful musically from that time? I'm sorry, no. I don't think there... I think you, your query has returned zero results. So I think that they are, they are making music for which there really is no audience at this point. That's just my, my assessment of the situation. Stopped. Yes. Right now. Uh, Brittany has just been ordered by a Los Angeles County judge to be booked for August alleged hit and run before her next court appearance on October 25th. Fantastic. Uh, TMZ was in court just moments ago with Brittany's attorney, Michael Flanagan, who says that Brittany will comply with the court's decision. They also say that uh, Brittany is trying to work out a deal with the woman whose car she hit. I have one more here somewhere. Oh, Brittany has passed a court-ordered drug test. The test was administered over the weekend. She was recently ordered to submit to random drug testing twice a week after Judge found her to be habitual, frequent, and continuous user of alcohol and controlled substances. Last week, she was ordered to hand over custody of her two young sons at Kevin Federal Line. I hope she wasn't driving while intoxicated. Oh, that too. That's a serious crime. And that's all the news we have for Brittany at the moment. All right, there's your Brittany watch for uh, Tuesday.
don't think Britney Spears would ever do anything like that. Oh, of course not. Well, nobody in the public eye should really do something like that. Well, something maybe, like what? Maybe Britney Spears, you know, never mind. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Oh, the Republican debate is now underway in uh, Michigan. They're, it's, it's not even five. I know. They're on Eastern time. But, I mean, no one's... So, so this is just for housewives and the unemployed. Yeah, people in their house dresses. Okay. Uh, let's see here. And nothing's going on. The, the petticoat uh, demographic. The opening of the Mammoth New U.S. Embassy, the biggest U.S. Embassy in the world in Baghdad, has been delayed indefinitely while its Kuwaiti contractor uh, fixes a uh, list of problems. This is a sprawling complex. It costs over $750 million. <laughs> it was supposed to open last month, but really? shoddy work by the contractor and poor oversight have delayed it. That's fantastic. I can't tell you when the embassy's going to open. It's the a State Department spokeswoman, uh, man, uh, Sean McCormick. We secret. don't have the answer to that. <laughs> you know, there were delays and there were delays. And stuff and things. Uh, Congressman originally allocated nearly $600 million to build the biggest U.S. embassy in the world. And now it's over $144 million in budget. No, any time they decide to, big, to build the biggest anything in the world, it never works. That's with the Denver airport. It's going to be the biggest, hugest, most massive uh, crap. And it just sort of implodes in poltergeist style right in front of them. That happened. Excellent. So the big story of the day is this new GM OnStar global positioning system. Say somebody steals your car and you have this thing, the OnStar thing. Now, can it stop other people who need to not be driving? No, unfortunately. So you have to have this in your vehicle. Okay. Uh, the uh, leader, uh, the president of OnStar is Chet Huber. He says you cannot, you cannot retrofit stolen vehicle slowdowns to an older vehicle. It's an integrated system that has to work with some changes. Our next-gen uh, Gen 8 OnStar system, which will be launching in that same time frame, as well as with some other modifications to powertrain systems on the vehicle in order to make this feature work. This is all corporate spin. It, it, it can well, not well, only slow down any vehicle, it'll just turn your brain off and turn your uh, blood to jelly. Well, here's the bad part of this. Uh, stolen vehicle slowdown will be on certain 2009 models, particularly Chevrolets. When's the last time a Chevrolet has been stolen? <laughs> and for what reason would somebody steal a Chevrolet? These are going to be on Chevrolets. To drive them through a better car. Why is everybody so concerned? <laughs> Look, let's get a Chevrolet to drive us to the nearest Lexus. All I right. want to buy a Neon. Can you uh, de-sweeten my mic a little bit? Thank you. Unsweetened? Yeah. Mm. Uh, Huber says statistics on police chases of stolen cars are alarming. There's about 30,000 a year, and uh, about 25% of those end up in injuries, and about 300, or a little over 300, are actually end up in fatalities. None of them are Chevrolets, though, oh. and that's what vehicles he's going to be put on. Because he's stealing my forerunner. So stop stealing Chevrolets. Stop it right now. Steal <laughs> something else. They are the heartbeat of America, Tim. Yes, they are. Uh, the musician Kid Rock, I think that's what he is, appears to be taking on a sarcastic approach to the weekend marriage of his ex-wife Pamela Anderson. During an appearance on the David Letterman program, Rock said Anderson's new husband, Rick Solomon, uh, should have been warned prior to the wedding. Quote, why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? He is a wit, that Kid Rock. When the audience groaned, Kid Rock responded, quote, come on, lighten up. <laughs> What a douchebag. He is, he is kind of an ass, but I like him. God help me, I like I him. I know. You were, like, standing alone. No, it's fine. You know, whatever. I'm not going to... I am unashamed. I am not going to deny my... You know what, Sarah? I am no Judas. No, wait. No, no, no. It's not Judas. Who's the guy that denied Jesus three times before the cock crowed? I thought that was Judas. No, wait. Should is we bring somebody... that boy in for some more Catholic <laughs> trivia? 
Um, we worship Cathal and all that he stands for. The, uh, I wish I could remember some of this stuff, but I don't know where it was when it was being taught. I can't remember. It's all getting all muddled in my head. Was Yeah, that's Judas because he betrayed... No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> Judas is the guy who turns him over for 30 pieces of silver and then hangs himself. There is another apostle who betray, who denies knowing Jesus because Jesus tells him at the Last Supper... Why are we doing this two days in a row? Jesus tells him two days in a row... I want to hear the story of Jesus. Keep going. Jesus tells him at the Last Supper... We can put this in our public file. Theological discussion. Yeah. Um, Jesus tells him at the Last Supper, b before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. And and the guy, who I think is Peter, says... Put no, no, no. Together. No. Peter says, no, Jesus, you're the best. Everybody loves you. Who doesn't love Jesus? It's Jesus. And I would never deny you. And then the Roman guards say... Da -da 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 -da. Do you, hey, do you know a uh, J. Christ? And, and Peter says, no, I, I don't know any. My name isn't even Peter. I'm uh, Hector. And then the, he denies knowing Jesus twice more. And then the cockroach. People are calling right now. They're going to say that I'm right. Which, which oh, apostle was Hector? <laughs> the little known are you really just saying this just to like see if you're right? I'm not. I'm not saying it to see if I'm right. I'm saying it because I am right. I'm absolutely okay. right about this. I don't remember the book of Saint Hector. Hi, <laughs> you're on Hector. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Yeah, I'm still in baby oil, and it's Peter. Oh, please never call again. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. No, that wasn't you, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello, Hello. this is Rick Emerson. Okay, okay. Yes. Hello. Yes. Uh, yes, this please. is Father Mulcahy. Uh, no. Nobody did, did you say the cop crow three times? No, no. The cop did. <laughs> he did crow three times. We're talking however. about cocks. All right, bye now. All right. What's wrong with people today? No, you know, there's something weird in the there's air. There's some bad screening software in there. <laughs> I don't think it's the software. Oh. Um, I think it's the... Uh... All right, here we go. Peter denied Jesus three times before the cock crowed, says Todd the Corpse, and he teaches Sunday school. You bunch of bastards. I hope we can take ten more callers about it. <laughs> Somebody's persnickety. All right. Anywho, what was I saying? I was. Why was oh, yeah. saying Hector in the? No, no, no. I was comparing Kid Rock to Jesus. Okay. So I am not going to be like Peter, Sarah. I will not deny Kid Rock because uh, because the the public has turned on him. I'm a Kid Rock enthusiast. I do celebrate not his entire catalog, but I would say I celebrate about sixty five to seventy percent of his catalog. Uh, so that that being said, boy, he sounds like a tool sometimes when he gets interviewed. He just sounds like a douche. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, according to this Republican debate, uh, the heat is on between Rudy Giuliani and Mitt Romney. There's no mention of Fred Thompson whatsoever. So, apparently, he hasn't spoken yet. Hey. All right. A man has been arrested, and the second suspect got away after allegedly stealing marijuana plants from a legal growing operation in Salem. 51-year-old Michael Cormier charged with robbery. An alarm went off at 5 o'clock in the morning. The owner of the home called police and chased Cormier. The second guy got away. The exact address of the property where this occurred is being withheld for security reasons. Many safety precautions are put in place to secure the legal marijuana growing plants. This is a barbed wire fence in addition to another fence. Thick bush, dogs on the ground, and surveillance cameras. Still, somebody got in. Uh, one neighbor said there's been recent criminal activity and has not been centered around the growing area, but instead relates to car thefts and foot traffic. They need OnStar, apparently. Excellent. All, all right, so here's uh, here's what's coming up. So we have uh, uh, James Roop, who will join us here in a short while. We'll do the top five. Top five songs from the week of uh, Sarah Dillon's uh, Conception. Uh, and uh, we have Michael Ian Black, who's going to be joining us later. More from Tim Riley at the bottom of the hour. What is it to ask him? What's that? Who are you, and why are you on our program? 
No, Michael Ian Black is will be he's on, he, he's on tour. He's doing a comedy thing, and then he is going to be in that movie with Michelle Trachtenberg and Anna Faris. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you okay? You seem you seem persnickety. You see, you were I kind of am. You were a happy-go-lucky girl know, about five minutes what, ago. What happened? I think just like all the like the Oregonian comic talk and stuff just kind of got to me. Well, after the, gift, a while. the gift giving has stopped also. It's it, true. Really, is it just been too long since somebody gift. brought you a box of shiny no, baubles? No, because I have this. I have this brilliant. Wonderful piece of information. I'm very frustrated with myself because I don't know how to go about it without looking like a raging bitch. And let me just... Well, I think that ship may have sailed many, many years ago, Sarah. But let me just say that I do think the Oregonian comic talk was genius. That was... Fa- Let's find out... Can we talk genius. more about Judas and Peter, too? Maybe we can put that in comic form and then we can discuss it. I think somebody's a little sensitive about the encroaching uh, hand of old age. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. They've got a special on meth tonight. They're Carl Click and the rest of the K2 staff. Hello, sir. Rick, how are you? Hi, what's up, Carl Click? Hey, well, we have, uh, you know, this is actually unprecedented because it's not just K2, but uh, 24 television stations in Oregon are simultaneously going to air a half-hour special, no commercials, all about the problem and meth addiction in the state of Oregon. It's a terrible problem that's leading to uh, uh, an incredible downfall in, you know, in crime and, and how children are taken care of in the state. But tonight on K2 and all the other stations in Portland and many across Oregon, a half-hour special called Crystal Darkness talking about uh, meth addiction and how it affects our society. I do have to tell you, Carl Click from K2, a uh, proud listener of the Rick Emerson Show uh, here on KCMD Portland, I do have to say that actually the first two or three times we had this story reported, I really did think that 25 stations at once were going to be airing the Dark Crystal. And so <laughs> I was really excited about that. And then a little less so when I found out that there were going to be no puppets. But that's okay. I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's important anyway. So I will now stand back to the microphone. And again, even though you just sort of did it, I will give you now... 15 seconds, unfettered airtime, for you to relentlessly, uh, shamelessly promote this television event. Go, Carl Click. I don't think it's shameless. It's an important, important issue. Yes, uh, I understand. What, I'm trying to respect I... you as a journalist. <laughs> oh, well, that's, well, that doesn't happen very much for me. Anyway, <laughs> it, uh, it, what I've been told is that the special is a real teachable moment. It's not a scare everybody to death about how bad things are. It's something that families can sit down and talk about with kids and they can learn just the power that meth has over our society right now uh, because everything everything that happens, uh, crime, and, again, how, how many children are in foster care because of meth, it's a huge, huge problem. And thus, uh, everybody got together, and all the TV stations can air it together. Uh, for us, there will be no Wheel of Fortune tonight. Oh, we'll have, oh. instead, the half-hour special on meth addiction. Maybe you could combine the two somehow. It would be funny if Vanna White opened her mouth and all her teeth were rotted away. I was just going to say something like that. that w- you spin the wheel, but instead of bankruptcy, uh-huh. it's like a you know, gangrenous cyst on the roof of your mouth. Possibly you've seen part of the special already, then maybe. I know that I know that you're not allowed to laugh at any of our humor here. I will say that I will say this: math does truly touch everyone because it's undoubtedly the reason why my truck has been stolen three times. So we don't right let there, those people in my neighborhood. No, I mean, if it stops those little bastards from stealing my Toyota a fourth time, it'll be worth whatever lack of Vanna White we all have to suffer through for it, Carl. Absolutely, or get a new truck. Yeah, I, I, I suppose. Thanks so much. Uh, you got to come see us again one of these days. Anytime you invite me, I am there. All right. Well, it's not going to be anytime soon. Right? Don't, <laughs> don't go getting all full of yourself. I'm not Jim Roop. Right? Uh, is that what you're saying? Well, few are. Not, you know, not even Jim Roop is Jim Roop all the time. I will drop you an email one of these days. We'll have you back in studio, sir. Great. Best show ever. Thank you, Carl Click from K2, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. God bless him. See? There you go. I do love him. I do, but, you know, I do. I so do. you'll probably see some of your neighbors on this program. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Do you, do you doubt it? 
I you mean, probably have some of them driving around in your truck. And people scre- <laughs> screaming, running down the hallway. You know, we see people that we know all the time in the news. It's true. Sometimes, you know, it just, you know, you look for it, and then sometimes it just kind of places itself in your lap, and you don't really know what to do with it. Like, for example, I mean... <laughs> I seriously, I'm over I here don't know like, how to go about I'm over it. here like an underhand and, slow pitch softball pitcher. And silence engulfs the room. But seriously, you're, you're making it on me like I have to be the bad person. Well, when it is you your know, birthday. I know you guys all know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that it's just sitting there on my MySpace profile, uh, myspace.com slash Sarah Dillon, that what somebody might have posted something in my comments that um, affects the Portland media. Let's take this call about the best meth story ever. Okay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What is the best meth story ever, sir? This is the best reason not to use meth. Okay. A friend of mine was a meth addict back in his early 20s. He's better now. It's awesome. Uh, but uh-huh. during awesome. that time, one of his teeth rotted off, fell out, leaving the root exposed. Yeah. Dangling there like in Ren and Stimpy. Uh-huh. After a couple of days of that, he took a pair of pliers, <gasps> grabbed it, Oh, it out. <laughs> it's time for me to go back to the newsroom. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, Tim's leaving True the story. story. Don't give me that, ladies and gentlemen. You don't <laughs> even believe in the tooth beaver. <laughs> uh, the tooth beaver, by the way, if you've never seen the tooth beaver, he is a character that appeared in an episode of Ren and Stimpy. And <gasps> oh, I Ren, remember. Ren did not take care of his teeth. And so Ren at one point opens his mouth, and there are no teeth left, just a bunch of nerves blowing in the wind, a bunch of nerves ending blowing like so much summer wheat. And uh, and then the tooth beaver appears in Ren's mouth, grabs one of the nerves, and just goes, and like crunches on it with his big beaver teeth. Jesus, that is a terrifying story. Uh, I was going to do a big bag of meth this afternoon. In fact, I was going to smoke it while watching Crystal Darkness, but I'm your story has scared me straight, sir. Thank All right, you. bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right, do, do we have a break? Let's break. Um, we could. Because we got Jim Roop, and then i got to get this top five, because I can't do it tomorrow. So we got Jim Roop, then the top five, then Tim Riley, then Michael Ian Black uh, will join us uh, here on the Rick Emerson radio program. Sorry, I have to find a labyrinth. Five, oh, that's okay. I'll just... Uh... It's 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. I just want to not hug you, too. Not hug me? No, I was like yesterday I wanted to go over and not give Tim a hug. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be bitchy. Yeah, I, I am old. Maybe, I'm, maybe I've been repressing it and now it's coming out. That, or, that, that high and lowest thing was pretty funny. It was very funny. Patronize me! It's the Rick Emerson Show. Back after this. Okay. I'm just looking for the. I'm trying to find the trailer for Caged Heat. Did you see the comment that I was talking about? On my yes. Space page? Yes, I did. It's getting pretty far down there, though. Yeah. We're just too nice for this. I really think so. We're just. Like, we can't just come out and say it. I'm not trying to be snarky. We really, we, in many ways, we are really just far too nice for this job. All right. Well, 
whatever. All right, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up after this, uh, we'll do the top five songs from the week that Sarah Dillon was conceived. Then Tim Riley returns with the news. Then Michael Ian Black will join us in the program. Then Like Us, then Donna Mike. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jim Roop, CNN Radio Correspondent from Los Angeles. Hello, sir. Howdy. What's up with you, brother man? I'm just hanging, man. All right. Wish Sarah Dillon a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Sarah Dillon. Thank you, Jim Roop. Uh, what are you, uh, 23, 24? Uh, you know the way no, to a lady's now that's when you insult It's like 23, 24. You, can, you have so much time to do things with your... Now I'm 27. Uh, still very young. Uh, how old, and when is your birthday, James Roop? I'm not saying. Now, you don't have to tell us how old you are. It, I don't care how old I am. I'm 48. Do you just, you just not like your birthday uh, at all? You don't celebrate it? Crap. No, nah, see, that's my thing, too. And I'm not trying to be falsely whatever. And I'm not self-conscious about aging as no, such. No, it's, it's not that at all. It's just like, you know, I just, I don't care. Just don't make a fuss. Thank you. That's uh, When my wife and I met, one of the first things I said is, I said, if you ever have people uh, clap their hands or sing for me at a restaurant, I will leave you. And I told them, I was serious about it. I said, look, if we ever... If we ever go out and it's my birthday or anything, and you have the people like come and like clap their hands and blow a whistle and sing happy birthday, like I will divorce you the next day. Yeah. So same understanding in my house. Yeah. She just it, and again, it's not like I'm ashamed of my birthday or whatever, but it's just uh, you know I. I don't like. I don't think it. And it doesn't. I always feel like my mom ought to get a present on my birthday. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, she's the one who you know went on and endured a bunch of shrieking agony to have me, and then had the shrieking agony of raising me. So I always feel like my mom's the one who ought to get the props, as they say, on my birthday, as opposed to me. And you know, and, and if you have kids and you have birthday parties for them, you don't want one for you. No, no, because it's, because it's silly. You know, the present you want, be left alone. Thank you. That's what it is. Leave me alone with a Heineken. That's it. All right. Uh, well, talking. Well, look. At the, uh, this is a ham-handed segue. Uh, at the, at the, I guess you could say this at the, the very worst. No matter how obnoxious or, or disagreeable or whatever your kids may get, because we talked to our, our marketing director Susan Reynolds about her kids sometimes, who are just a handful and a half. At the very hey, least, I like her. How's she doing? Oh, she's great. No, Susan is fantastic. I always say if I there's a you know a couple people that I would say if I clone them I could conquer a small country, uh, and Susan's definitely one of them. She's very cool. And so she, uh, but she is very much you know she comes to work has has everything just completely wired you know she is just runs it like a like a machine, and then goes home and she has this daughter that is just that she would be the first that is just a hellion just <laughs> just I mean but at the very least at the bare minimum you can always say that at least you're not raising like the Osborne kids. Um, although they're all out of the house now, right? Because this is so Ozzy and Sharon with their selling nice a bunch segue. of stuff. Look at that! Look at that! How oh, I segue right into that was selling. So smooth. Selling, I didn't even hear it. Selling that you didn't hear the clanking machinery of my ham-handed transition. Uh, but they're selling a bunch of crap from their house. Yeah, well, three houses. Three. The houses. one in England, the one in Malibu, the one in Beverly Hills. Because yeah, you're right. The kids are growing. They're out of the house. They don't need all this stuff. Except Ozzy's not real happy about it. No, but he says, "Look, I bought all this stuff. Obviously, I want it." <laughs> but he's, it's just really cool. But it's just sort of he's overruled. I, I think that um, when he made the choice to sell this, I, maybe choice is an overly... He didn't make the choice. He was an overly broad term. Sharon made the choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he just sort of sits there and kind of gibbers to himself in a corner and scratches a lot. Right. And then Sharon just... And we're selling all the things you own. So... What for? What is it? Because, I bought it. I want it. Because I said so. <laughs> Shut up. And then she just, you know, withholds his meds or something. <laughs> The funny thing is, uh, Ozzy's coming to town, actually. He's touring on this new record called Black Rain, which is really, really good. It's a great record. Probably the best record he's made in, you know, tw 10, 12 years. Um, 
But it's funny because I saw an interview with Ozzy for his new record, and he claims this new record, Black Rain, which I really can't praise highly enough. He's like, well, it's the first record I've ever made sober. And the funny thing is, I have old magazine interviews where he said that about like the last nine records. <laughs> he said it about he said it about No Rush for the Wicked. He said it about No More Tears. He said it for Osmosis. Every record, it's the first record I've made sober, man. And it's, I mean, you know, well, on, on what? Yeah. I mean, maybe it depends on the substance. He's moved to Wellbutrin this time. He's moved to Anabuse. Yeah, I don't know. It, first time sober on meth, first time sober on cocaine, first time sober on booze. You know, I mean, come on. He's stepping it down one Give substance the guy at a time. A break. Is he selling anything that I would, I mean, is it, Actually, yeah. is this it is rock a, stuff, or is it all like, here's a well, lamp? There's a pair of his glasses. A lot of it's rock. You know, a lot of rocks. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of, uh, his door, in fact, from his Beverly Hills home. But this is probably going to be stuff, even the cheapest item that Ozzy is selling is probably going to be so far beyond, like, my reach, right? I mean... There's probably going to be nothing that the casual rock fan can afford. I have no. Afford. I mean, I I say if you want Aussie stuff, man, I, it, there's so much of it that they're selling. Yeah. And there's um, between the uh, between the online and the phone in and the live stuff. There's got to be enough stuff there that you're going to if you have a couple of bucks and you want to buy Aussie's bathtub, well, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like I, you know, I'm not a wealthy man, but it does seem like if there's something, gee, would you, you know, look, I got to tell you, I'm a guy at home. You go into my uh, my uh, my home office and to the left of my computer I have sealed inside mylar a base pick that Gene Simmons once used and dropped, and it's still got one of his fingerprints in fake blood on it. Uh -huh. Just a tiny little thing. I got a whole collection of celebrity guitar picks, actually. Guitar pick, I caught it in an yeah, so do I. Show, all that so, stuff. Actually, so do I. So, it's, yeah, so even something small, I'm enough of a rock and roll dork. Uh, look, I'm the guy who sat and listened to half an hour worth of David Lee Roth vocal a cappella takes the other day. So, Well, if you go to uh, juliansauctions.com, spelled J-U-L-I-E-N apostrophe, well, S, uh -huh. juliansauctions.com, you can see in the Osborne collection some of the stuff that they have there. All right. Well, I will actually do that because I am just kind of a big I, nerd. It, you know, it looks like just any other rich guy's stuff, really. Yeah. Well, but you can then you can point it and go, yeah, there's a little something that Ozzy used to have around the house. Uh, yeah. You ah. hope it has some sort of unique marking to it somehow. You just want you know, proves it's Ozzy. You hope that he's bitten it at some point. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a bad head in it somewhere. Hey, speaking of rock, uh, you got that uh, that Nickel Arcade song I sent your way? Oh uh, yeah, I do. I haven't heard it yet. Oh though. man, you got to listen to it. Listen to it. Um, it's probably not your style of rock. It's very, you know, very sort of uh, pop uh, oriented. But I got to tell you, you listen to it, listen to the production, um, and then read the lyrics as you're listening. That's what sells it. Okay, all right. So, and again, I have no financial stake in whatever. There's, there's listeners that uh, threw together a song for us, which is pretty badass. So you listen to that when you get a chance. Read the lyrics with it. So. Will do. All right. Uh, what is that Aussie website again? I'm going to write that down, actually. Uh, Juliansauctions.com. J-U-L... Wait a minute. What did I do with it here? Uh, J-U-L-I-E-N-S. Juliansauctions.com. Juliansauctions. And then go to the uh, Osborne collection. Excellent. I am all over that. Pretty cool stuff. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. Is it uh, sunny, raining, nice, bad? No, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's uh, about uh, 78 degrees, sunshine. Yeah, great. I'll think, I'll think about that as I get wrapped in the wet woolen sock that is Portland October. Oh, oh man. So, yeah. All right, brother man. Enjoy the rest of your day. Take care, pal. James Roop, ladies and gentlemen, Los Angeles. All right. Shall we roll the top five? We could if you'd like. Let's do your topic. We've got to get out of the way because, um, cause A, you're grossed out by it, so we might as well do it. Uh, and we got to get it done before Tim does the news because then we got Michael Lee and Black in a break and everything. So here's okay, your cool. top five, five uh, for Sarah four, Dillon's birthday. Three, two, Let's see if Tim comes one, running in. Fire. <laughs> 
thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count. Don't By the way, this email says, Rick, Raul, and Sarah have been together for a while now. What is he getting her for her birthday? Isn't this a critical moment in the relationship when we find out how serious things really are? Just curious. I don't know. Has he given you anything yet? No, but we're still... It's. It might have been... It, it has been a while, but it's still pretty casual. Let me just ask you this. Is yeah. he, uh, to put it in workforce terms, is he a permatemp? I don't know what that means. That's like my friend who worked for, uh, well, I won't mention the company. She worked for a certain, um, she worked for a certain company, and she worked 32 hours a week for about six years, but was never full-time. You know? Yeah. They, they had, you know, it was long enough, she worked there enough hours that she couldn't get another job, but not enough to actually, like, be a full-time permanent employee. She was a permatemp. No comment. Okay. That's a yes. Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Susan. marketing guru, now entering the studio. Hi, Susan. Hello. Hi. What have you brought? Uh... I have brought <laughs> cupcakes. Is that these from St. Cupcake? Are those things you gain weight just looking at those? Oh, thank you so much. I love you. Happy birthday, Aww. Susan. Oh. All right. You want one, Rick? Uh, no, but Susan, thank you. do you want one? Yeah, you should definitely have one. You're so thin. Have a cupcake. Booby. It's true. Oh, I love you, Rick. <laughs> you need to eat. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't eat when I'm on the air, but uh, I'll no, have No, I know you can't, yeah. uh, and I know it's the end of the show or getting close, but I thought I would oh just come God. busting in. Well, hey, since there's it no Tim, so do you want to count down our top five? Sure. All right, I'll just hand these to you. Okay, let me get my glasses on. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, read we now five. count these down uh, in honor of Sarah Dillon's birthday. Oh, these are the. Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> these are the top five songs uh, to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. The top five songs uh, on the Billboard charts nine months before the birth of Sarah Dillon. So as your parents were in that hotel oh, okay. that they, they pointed at, you said that they pointed at a hotel in California and whispered that that was the place. She said maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's six here. Yeah. Well, we do an honorable mention. Oh. So, so am I starting with number six? Start at number six. These are the top five songs to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. Well, there would be Babe from Styx. Yeah. Mm. Now, what you should not it is do... It's kind of creepy. No. Don't picture, like, the clinking together of Reuniti in fluted glasses, <laughs> roaring fire in the background. You so fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is wrong, Rick. Yes, it is. This is like this is like kink. This is everything kink plays after eleven o'clock at night. I'm not sure about number five. No, but I'm this right here. Oh, this right here. You're listening to Kink FM. And then this is oh, not this song. No, 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 I don't like this. <laughs> is it is it giving you the strange brown feeling? <laughs> What's the strange brown feeling? No, it's what you're experiencing right now. Boy, I dislike Sticks a whole lot. I like Sticks. Really? Mm-hmm. The only Sticks song that's any good is Renegade. Renegade's a fantastic song. You know Renegade. No, Mr. Roboto? Eh. For Mr. Roboto, I can take her. I'm not kind of a casual Sticks fan. We're counting down the top five songs to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. Okay. Number five. Oh, number five. Sorry. Uh, okay. This one, uh, extremely appropriate. Do that to me one more time by Captain and Tennille. You are making that up. No. Oh, Scotty. Oh, you're you're dodging a bullet here because it won't play. Oh. oh. Who wants to sing Do It To Me One More Time? Tim? Do it to <laughs> me one more time. <laughs> Thank uh, you, Tim. It doesn't, for whatever reason, it doesn't want to load. Oh, oh you have dodged a well, bullet with it. just like it. And it did. And it, it claims to be a... 
It claims to be an, a non-corrupted file. No, it's uh, from uh, it's from Scotty. It's from Scotty's cache of music. All right, and the full file is there. All right, well you you're lucky. That only happens two thousand times a day. And that's the thing where uh, and that's the song t- sung by. Did Captain ever sing anything, or was Tennille the only singer? She was the singer. He oh, is this it? Oh, here we go. Thank you, sir. He was a figurehead. Tonight, it's a Michelob night. <laughs> the music wafting gently out of the Motel 6 window in the California night. Oh. Even I'm uncomfortable. Yes. That's really icky. We do it every year. Yeah. Did your dad have a lot of facial hair uh, in the late 70s, early 80s? Full beard? Yeah. Kind of a Kaczynski? He yeah. Filled up. Well, he went to his little Navy state, you know, where he was just all clean shaven, and now he's like mountain men. So remember he has the ponytail and the beard. Yeah. Kind of a uh, kind of a Paul Allen thing going on. Mm. All right. Counting out the top five songs to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. Number four. Number four. And this is a good one, I think. Send one your love. These, wonder. Are these all really slow songs? Or did you just pick some uh, these, songs? This is the top five. This is the Billboard top five from uh, nine weeks prior to your birth. So it is the week of, I think it's nine months prior. Yeah, so I think it's March. Maybe I forget. Whatever. Whatever it is, it's January or something. That nine months prior to the day. It's a whole lot of sweet lovemaking music. Oh, that's scented candle music. I think <laughs> it is. I think the early '80s were very. Um, they were a very sensual time in America. A flower from your heart, Sarah. Show him your love. Don't hold back your feelings. You don't need to repeat every lyric. <laughs> I only get to do this once a year. Come on. Come on. Counting down the top five songs to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. Number three. Rock with you. Oh, yeah. Michael Jackson. Uh. My name's Chester Rockwell. My car broke down outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you seen my Jack? Let that rhythm get into you. You know, the era of Michael Jackson's sort of smooth lover man, we've sort of forgotten that he was ever this guy. This must have been it because I can't stop moving. <laughs> Revolted. I know, Counting down the top five songs to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived. Number two, Susan Reynolds. Escape, the Pina Colada song oh, by yeah. Rupert Holmes. You can tell it's the late 70s, because even just the instrumentation feels sleazy. You know the guy bought a boat called Escape? I was tired of my lady. It's like a 900-foot yacht. Just says Escape in big letters. Gone are the days when you could have one hit, uh, and, and then just live the rest of your life as a quintillionaire. Hey, Tim Riley, do you know what else Ruben Holmes wrote? One other hit song was written by Rupert Holmes. Of Pino Colada fame. I know that one. Too. Do you? Yes, I do. It's a song with which you are intimately familiar. I know my brain is a function ever since I took that happy pill. This happy pill. Rupert Holmes wrote 
Timothy by the boys. All right. And the number one song to which Sarah Dillon may have been conceived, Susan Reynolds. Please don't go. Bye. and the Sunshine Band. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Who sang this again in the 90s? I don't know. Scotty. Please don't go. Scotty, did somebody else sing this? Was it Seal or somebody? Yeah, I don't know. All right, there you go. Thank you, Susan Reynolds. No problem. Any happy birthday. birthday. Any Thank exciting you, news Susan. to share with us? There's purely a social visit. Well, I was racing to get in here with the cupcakes. I mean, that was really my main... You're a good person, Susan. They're very oh, good. I try. You are a cupcake, Susan. Aww. All right, CBS radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. I don't All know. Right. CNN had kind of a nice drink to it. You should branch out. You can multitask. Uh, I got enough going on. Back after this with Tim Riley and Michael Ian Black. Don't go anywhere. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Radio program. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll talk to Michael Ian Black, who's going to be in town tomorrow. He's going to be at the Aladdin tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Uh, top like is at 3, Donna Mike at 7. Right now, it's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Banquet pot pies made you link to Salmonella. Mateline, Omaha. Conagra Foods says banquet pot pies may be linked to several cases of salmonella, but the company says the pies are safe. Go ahead and eat them. Uh, let's, Conagra had to recall all of its peanut butter because it was linked to another outbreak. What is salmonella? Well, thank you for asking. It thickens about 40,000 people a year in the U.S. and kills about 600. It causes diarrhea, fever, dehydration, abdominal pain, and endless vomiting. Most cases of salmonella poisoning <laughs> endless vomiting. are caused by undercooked eggs and children or chicken. So, <laughs> Okay, let's stop. You're overwhelming me with things. Endless vomiting. Yes. That's an interesting phrase because, I mean, it, indip- it implies that once the vomiting starts, it's, you know, yeah. endless. And you're just going to vomit it, I guess, until you're just dust. Pretty much. That's a bad I don't want that. Keep They're that confident in the safety of chicken pot pies. <laughs> okay. Consumers should read the directions and make sure they cook them all the way. Mm-hmm. As it's being suggested on to do. Okay. So that's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's something that's entirely different here. It's coming up on my screen slowly, as everything is today. A lovesick priest has lost his job. A priest who declared his love for for women has lost his job. This happened in Italy. Uh, The Reverend Sete Segosi can no longer work in his parish and cannot hear confessions from the faithful. This after he made headlines... That went on national television to say he is in love with a woman and wanted to be her boyfriend a, publicly. A woman? Yeah. Why I never... So they can't have that. No. He was removed immediately. <laughs> no, no, get rid of him. He wasn't given second chances as others have. <laughs> no. Did you see, and I haven't read it yet because it's one of those things that i got to go through and i got to give it a once and a twice and a three times over to, to, to make it radio friendly. But did you see this thing in Alabama yeah. about this minister who... <laughs> i got to get to the rest of the story. Just the utterance of the syllables, Alabama. Um, this, uh, well, I'll just give you just the lead. 
This Alabama minister who died of accidental mechanical asphyxia found hogtied and wearing two complete wetsuits. I mean, have you heard this story? No, I don't. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, Please continue. An Alabama, do we have, well, I don't even know this is a clergy watch. I mean, he is a minister, but apparently, it appears he was only touching himself. An Alabama minister who died in June of accidental mechanical asphyxia was found hogtied and wearing two complete wetsuits, including a face mask, diving gloves and slippers, rubberized underwear, and a head mask. Also found inside his underwear and body. It's Michael Ian Black. It's Michael Ian Black. Yeah, I know. But more importantly, this minister was found with a sexual aid uh, in his person. In his person? In his person. Inside of his person? Inside of his person. Hmm. His pocket? Well, one could call it that, Tim. Sort of a sort of a poor man's pocket. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on. Is Scotty J in there? On what one needs to uh, on what one needs to hold. Uh, oh, you know, he's, he's all right. He uh-huh. might not give us a second chance. No, let's, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's now welcome uh, to the Rick Emerson Show. He's uh, going to be in town tomorrow night uh, at the Aladdin, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, that is tomorrow night, 8 p.m., the Aladdin Theater, which is right up there in southeast Milwaukee. Takes 20 bucks. Let's welcome Michael Ian Black to the Rick Emerson Show. Michael Ian Black, hello, sir. Hello, everybody. How are you? How are you, my friend? How's life? How are things? Where are you at right now? I'm in Seattle, Washington. Are you at uh, Are you at the the show? What is it? What's that? The Showbox? Is that the comedy place up there? Where are you, are you performing there? Yeah, yeah. We're, well, I'm actually uh, right out in the parking lot of Denny's at the moment. <laughs> How's the crowd? Do they like it? Are they? They're love. They are, and 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 the pun is very much intended. Eating it up. <laughs> okay, fantastic. Oh, no. So it's sort of a you can get your comedy and your your moons over my hammy kind of thing. It's comedy there. and all you can eat salad. Is that comedy with a K? <laughs> it's it's comedy with a very lower KC, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, we're at Numos on uh, tonight. Okay, which is which is the comedy, which is uh, like a rock club here. Well, let me just uh, well let me just start with uh, I had another question that I was going to put first, but I'm just going to get the hack radio DJ question uh, out of the way just right now, so we can dispense with it. Um, so, are you? Actually, I'm going to ask this, and even as I'm asking this, and I'm modifying it. I have an adjunct to this question. First of all, I was going to ask if you're sick of talking about the 80s. I mean, I know that you must, I mean, as my grandfather would say, get paid a pretty penny for that. But really, do you get tired of being asked about, like, Small Wonder and The Last Starfighter? Well, mostly what I get asked about isn't so much the actual things from the 80s as it is, uh, what's it like making that show? What's that like? Do they just ask you things and then you talk? And to which I respond, yes, that's exactly what I do. Now, when I watch some of those shows on VH1, and not just the uh, the I Love the 80s or the, uh, you know, I, I Heart, uh, insert cultural kitschy object here, a lot of times when they're having the person's response to it, so like there's, uh, you know, some guy from the Ultimate Fighting League, and he's talking about uh, Little House on the Prairie or whatever, and it, sometimes I will catch just the slightest bit of a head turn and it seems as though they have just moments before been shown a video clip of the object or thing uh, being discussed, and uh-huh. they are just giving their gut reaction to it. And it is supposed to come off as though they are just heart and soul into the thing and just knew about it already. Now, do they show you a clip and then immediately get your response, or do they 
Do they, oh, they don't, know. Keep in mind, this is cable television. They don't have the kind of technology to have clips ready to show you things. <laughs> They're not that well prepared. Excellent. What? At best, at best, they might have like a He-Man figurine and say, here, do you remember this guy? <laughs> and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's someone, at best. Someone holding up a crude uh, stick figure drawing of him on a cue card. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no cue card. Again, that's, that, that's way beyond their means. No cue cards. No, uh, no, no helpers, no nothing. It's a green screen and a chair and a camera and a 23-year-old producer going strawberry shortcake. What do you think? And I really and, and I and I, and I do have to I do have to point this out not because I necessarily want to spend a lot of time talking on it and maybe and maybe you don't either but it does this seems like sort of a bad joke or a bad mad TV thing or something but they are actually coming back this fall with I love the new millennium. Hey, I was a part of it. Uh, no, I mean, that's why I'm mentioning it. So, I mean, it's, I'm not going to knock, you know, getting a paycheck and being on television. But it just, it does sort of seem like they're going to get to a point where it's, I love something that happened earlier today after breakfast or whatever. Yeah, well, so. well, clearly you would think they would wait at least for the decade to end before they reflected <laughs> back on the decade. No, I guess not. But they're not doing that. I think I think they just sort of ran out of episodes of Flavor of Love to show, and they were like, "Well, what what well can we now uh, can we now tap again?" I gotta say, and I, and please don't take offense when I say this, but I gotta say that you are uh, I, I say venturing into Ray Liotta territory. You're a funny guy, and the reason I say that is I don't like a lot of comics. A lot of comics are just they're bad interviews. They're not funny. They just want to be uh, sticky, uh, and they're not legitimately funny. You're legitimately funny guy is it a hard time to be a comic in america when you've got uh, every kind of sub dane cook guy on the planet using myspace to put up 30 seconds of him you know talking about you know about the about the smurfs or whatever is it a hard time to be a comedian or is it easier than it used to be Honestly, I think I mean I think it's the best time to be a comic or to to do anything creative. I think right now is probably the best time because only because your ability to disseminate your uh, your material is is greatly enhanced by the internet. You notice I use the word disseminate. Yes. Did that turn you on a little bit? Yes, it did. I'm getting uh -huh. uh, two messages as we speak. <laughs> Um, so I think it's actually a great time to be in comedy because there's just so many outlets for you to do what you do. So if you're good at it, people will find it and they'll and and you'll be able to hopefully make a living doing it. Well, and you got and you're one of those guys, and I I I really do admire this. Who when your moment comes, uh, I mean you're a, you're you're an earner, as they say, because you got like what run run fat boy run, yeah. uh, which you wrote. Right. Uh, there's uh, Wedding Days, which you wrote and directed, uh, yes. and then there's Kids in America, which is that still filming or is that done? That's done. It's in post-production right now. So you got like three different movies at least coming down the pipe, right? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Three. And then, right. so you got three. You're, you're still doing the VH1 thing. You were on two. You got the new uh, the new record called uh, I'm a Wonderful Man. And is this so? Is this representative of what you uh, of what people are going to see tonight if they've heard your CD or is it new material or is it? Uh... There's some new stuff and um, some stuff from the CD, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's really representative of kind of uh, who I am as a stand-up. I mean, I really just started doing stand-up comedy a couple of years ago. For the longest time, I, I had done sketch comedy and had done a lot of performance, but I, I'd never ventured into stand-up territory, mostly because I was just afraid. And I just felt like it was it was the time to to do that because I always wanted to. And I really admire stand-up, but I was just so terrified to do it. I just sort of figured it was time to sack up and and do it. Interesting. You should put that on your on your resume. You know, goals to further sack up. Um, that's, Mike, that's that's number one on my resume. Yeah, career objective: sacking up. <laughs>
Um, Michael Lee and Black, uh, tomorrow, uh, which is the 10th, 8 p.m., the, uh, the Aladdin Theater. Is, uh, a couple of things. First of all, and uh, again, it's just a small thing that probably people just pester you. To, you I mean, you will be 85 years old, uh, laying in a nursing home, slowly wasting away of some brain fluke. And I got to go, weren't you that Pets.com sock puppet <laughs> thing? But you were. You were the Pets.com thing that got on the screen and told me to buy kitty litter or whatever. That's exactly right. I was the forearm and voice of the uh, the now infamous Pets.com stock puppet, which was which has sort of become emblematic of the entire dot-com combustion and implosion. It is the uh, you are sort of a living slice of pop culture in at least two different ways. So. Oh yeah, I drove that company right into the ground. <laughs> Excellent. And that'll be that'll be right under sacking up. That'll be under career achieve, <laughs> achievements thus far. Yeah, sacking up and socking up are my two careers. <laughs> oh, I'm not armed with the wah wah sound. Uh, final question: uh, uh, Michael Ian Black uh, appearing tomorrow at the Aladdin Theater, 8 p.m. What is your favorite Billy Joel song? Good question. Uh. Take as much time as you need. There is no pressure here. No, no. I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, she'll always, she's always a woman to me. Oh, good. excellent. Okay. She's always yeah. a woman to me. You Can I just tell you this? You are the first person, and I, we're up to close to a dozen people now that we've asked that question of, and I'm sorry for ending that sentence with a preposition, that has not said scenes from an Italian restaurant. So you have different... No, you have differentiated yourself... Already, one person said good night, Saigon. Uh, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I don't like scenes from. I mean, I do like scenes from Italian restaurant, but I'll tell you why that could never be my favorite song. Okay. It's a story, and like all stories, I don't like to hear the same story over and over and over again. She's always a woman. To me, it's a little more ambiguous, so you can interpret it in different ways. It's not quite. It's not quite as cut and dry as scenes from Italian restaurant. Also, scenes from Italian restaurant goes on forever. No, it does. It's it's a it's a long, turgid composition. It really is. Now, right. you've used the words adjunct, you've used the word turgid, you've talked about a, uh, ending a sentence in a preposition. Were you an English major? Uh, no, I was just a loser, I'm afraid. Just uh... No, 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 you've got, a, you've, got, you've got a fantastic vocabulary. You would think more DJs would have better vocabularies, considering that their jobs depend on speaking. Yeah, less and Let's less these days. So, yeah, more and more, and more it's not speaking. It, really, the only, things, the only words that come out of the average DJ's mouth now are, uh, so, yeah, I was employed there for a while, and uh, when, <laughs> when do these benefits kick in? Can I, can I buy cigarettes with these stamps? That's great. I'll just, yeah, I'll just be waiting at home for you to send these to me so thanks so that's it so uh michael black you got a uh do you have a web is it just michaelianblack.com or where can people find you on the web you can find me on uh, myspace under michael Ian black and i also just started a website uh michaelianblack.com is owned by somebody else uh, well it's not f- owned by me f them they're dead to us they are they're all dead right. to me certainly all right so uh, myspace is the is the place to find you right now that's the easiest place, yeah. All right. Michael Ian Black, tomorrow, 8 p.m., the Aladdin Theater. Tickets still available, $20. And thank you so much. Thank you for you. You, you were a really great guest. I, I'm really impressed, i got to tell you. So thanks for coming on. You come back anytime, sir. My pleasure. Thank All you right. so much. Michael Ian Black, ladies and gentlemen. Scotty, you want to uh, talk to him, make sure everything uh, is cool on his end? All right. What a cool guy. I told you. You know, but it's hard to say because you hear someone's act. I think well, he and you sounded, see a persona of them on television, and he it's hard sounded to know. a little a little wooden at the beginning. I think because, as he said, he is used to talking to a lot of hack radio DJs who don't really actually have a conversation yeah. with them. Well, because they just kind of go, so, oh yeah. Do you want to go tomorrow? Those eighties were crazy, weren't they? And then he kind of, you know. We should go tomorrow. I don't know. Well, ask me about it. Later. Okay. I'm gonna have to do that thing. Uh, all right, back after this uh, to wrap things up here on Sarah Dillon's birthday. I thought that was going to be a poem. Well, it's sort of an, it's like a first poem. No, it's not.
back after this. Like us at 3, Donna Mike at 7. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thanks, Dirk. i got a couple minutes. All right. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Rick, did Michael Ian Black just call you a DJ? Yeah, I let that go. It was, an, You know what? I could tell it was an unintentional slight. Because he was giving you a compliment while he accidentally... Yeah. No, he was... You know, you can, he can be... It's a colloquial term. I'll forgive it. He didn't know any better. Okay. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Uh, it's a star, and happy birthday, Sarah. Thank you. I wanted to find a chance to call in and, and make sure to wish you a happy birthday. It's mailman Chris. It is. Oh, it is. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my email. This day just zipped by. It really just... I didn't even get to this uh, other thing. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, sir. I was just remembering back, you know, years ago, <laughs> literally, when... You when know, we all had our when, youth. When you were still an intern, not even the, the phone screener, and I used to call in and chat with you, so... Yes, sir. Yeah, that was a while ago. And now we're all wrinkled and useless. <laughs> yeah, but at least you're, you know, child-free. That's true. I, we I are didn't say child-less. I said child-free. That's the way you like it. Awkward. All right. <laughs> Excellent. Thank, thank you, sir. Happy birthday. Talk to you later. There you go. Bye, Chris. All right. You know, someday when they find his battered and bloodied body... It, they're going to find his kid uh, clutching a, a, like a tape full of excerpts from this show that is just Chris going, and then there's that dumb kid that I had. How did that happen? Boy, where are rubber, guys? And then it's just they're going to find his head in a drainage culvert. Uh, Rick, the American president's name is Andrew Shepard. That's right. Andrew Shepard. I'm Andrew Shepard, and I am the president. That's so great. God, I love Aaron Sorkin. I really do. I just have this, just this big man love Douglas. for Aaron Sorkin. Michael Douglas, not so much. He kind of bugs me. He was really attractive in the game. Uh, you know, when he's great in, uh, you know, he gets all that credit for being in Wall Street. Michael Douglas is really good in the China Syndrome. He's great in that movie. He's good at the American President. Uh, what else am I was thinking Was he in of? Breakdown? Or is that the name of that movie? Mm, no, that's, um, is that, is that Sean Penn? Breakdown? I don't know. I don't know. I got nothing. Okay. Uh, anywho. Uh, let's see. Rick, something bit me in the neck last week. It's swelling up and black. What should I do? Well, I'm sorry. Sure, we don't have time. Uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. Write that down because we'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Like us next. Donna Mike at 7. John and Jeff at 11. We will see you uh, 20 hours from now. As always, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Happy birthday from all of us. Thank in you. In the newsroom, it's Tim Riley, the PA, Scotty J, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. Like us next. Donna Mike at 7. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards run it down. Watch out for snakes and so forth. Thank you to Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop, Lisa Desjardins, and Michael Ian Black. Bye now. And Carl Flick.